Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Morning, all Texas says, watching the Cork match yesterday was like getting a tooth out, and when it went to extra time, it was like you're ready to leave the dentist, and he found another tooth that had to be pulled as well. That's as good a summation of it as I can think of. But the Echo this morning talks of uh, three big strikes on side yesterday. The Cork footballers, the hurlers, and the ladies footballers. And of course, um, not to be separating any one of those uh, super victories out, but Mark Keane bearing an astonishing injury time goal at Porky Cueve as the footballers knocked out the kingdom. The rebels roared in more ways than one across the weekend and that's the story from the Echo. So on that positive note. Another positive note of course is Joe Biden who's Joe Biden his time now until January I suppose assuming the Trump will go quietly. And there's lots of coverage of the election results in all of the papers this morning. In particular the Irish connection. Joe Biden says I'll visit Ireland as president. Uh, He's told his cousin. Where I'm a little bit confused is um, has he Relations in two counties now, both Louth and also in County Mayo. It certainly seems that way. Uh, Biden promises to visit as president over the next uh, year or two. And he's told his uh, ancestors, or he hasn't told his ancestors, they're dead. He's told his relations back in County Louth that he will uh, be tri- driving or will be traveling to Ireland. Um, and of course, uh, what did uh, Donald Trump do at the weekend? He went playing golf. Um, people are trying to talk him down from the ledge. Not, not everybody. Um, I see in the papers this morning uh, that the English Times is saying Trump prepares for court battle over unfair election results. But Melania was said to have been trying to talk him out um, of the legal action and she's hit back now uh, about the claims that she told him to give in um, the other stuff for this regarding Melania over the weekend is uh, you know you have lots of different columnists in the papers over the weekend saying that now that he's no longer president because uh, she cried they say the day that he was elected she just didn't expect him to become president of America but now they're speculating that she is uh, trying to get some legal deal with uh, with Trump regarding her son um, and, well, Trump's son as well, uh, that she wants to divorce him is what I'm saying. Um, but we know that Biden has Irish roots. But what about um, the uh, vice president-elect? Um, and she makes many of the papers today, Kamala Harris. Could Is there any stretch of the imagination or that there might be uh, a Cork relation or two? Uh, isn't Harris is a very strong Cork name, for instance. Wouldn't be a bad thing if we could maybe see if we could find out if there's uh, any... Um, ancestors of hers that started in Cork and went to America? I don't know. I mean, Joe Harris and Douglas might be able to take a look into it. I mean, he's a Harris, she's a Harris. Maybe there is a connection. But the papers this morning, of course, uh, talk chapter and verse on it with all of them talking about, um, you know, what it's going to mean for Ireland. Well, the BBC found out at the weekend when they uh, stuck a microphone in Joe Biden's face. Uh, Do you remember this? (laughs) You could play this clip all morning, actually, couldn't you? Mr. Biden, the BBC. I mean, is Boris quaking in his boots now? He did have a roguish smile on his face, Biden, when he said that. But I think there is a message in there somewhere, isn't there? 
says I, rubbing my hands with glee. Will you be rubbing your hands with glee in the knowledge that there'll be 24-hour shopping to ease the COVID worries? Now, I imagine they'll be controlling the amount of people going in and out of shops when they get open again. But the front of the mail this morning says, the country's main Christmas shopping stores are looking at plans to open all day long and all night too. And I was telling you on Friday that pennies are hoping, um, you know, maybe the other popular stores as well, the likes of pennies, 24 hours a day after lockdown ends to avoid chaos. I mean, if it was over 24 hours, it would avoid chaos. When you could go shopping at three o'clock in the morning. What are your thoughts on that? But the long wait for one particular shopping center, Douglas Village Shopping Center, that long wait is coming to an end on Thursday when they throw the doors open. Now, some of the shops are not in a position to open, but your Tesco, your M&S, your Brennan's Butchers, your Pharmacy Plus and a plush new shopping center will open uh, on Thursday. I'll have more on that on the program over the next couple of days for you. Uh, but they are saying uh, in the Independent this morning that Christmas restrictions will be inevitable despite the COVID fall. Public health experts bursting the bubble saying that there will be continued types of restrictions over the Christmas period. It's in way too early to say what kind of shape or fashion they will take. The Echo this morning that says that retail outlets nationwide are facing prosecutions for breaching public health restrictions. Um, these are various retail outlets. I think that there could be an argument to be made that some pubs actually will either have now attracted the attention of the guards or certainly will attract the attention of the guards if what I've been witnessing and hearing about certain pubs on side or anything to go by. But if you are a woman, uh, the uh, fact of the matter is that from today until the end of the year, women in Ireland are now working for free. When you take all women working in Ireland, look at their wages, compare them against men, uh, gender wage equality still has not been attailed, attained. The scales are still unbalanced on that. So women in Ireland from today are effectively working for free for the last 52 years of this year because the gender pay gap still stands um well the actual accurate figure is 14 and a half percent that's the difference between the genders when it comes to pay I wonder what your thoughts are on that i would love to talk certainly to some impassioned women text 0868104106 um the mirror this morning talks of eight gardi I believe they're all down in southern regions across Munster. Eight Gardaí have been suspended over corruption. I think it has pretty much to do with uh, road traffic offences and public order allegations against a number of parties, having things squashed. And then um, contrary evidence in two different papers this morning. The Echo says that a new study reveals that half of parents saw their mental health badly impacted negatively as they tried to balance working from home with the care of children during the pandemic, while the English Times says that 90% of people surveyed want to continue to work from home. And there's more conflicting news this morning in the papers where rents in Munster have gone up, while rents in Dublin have gone down, apparently, with regards to people trying to find somewhere to rent. And these are figures that are out from daft.ie. Rent up in Cork, down in Dublin. I imagine that could be... Forgive me, but correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe that's because so many people left Dublin to come back to Cork to work remotely. Anyway, there's some of the papers and news, the paper stories in the paper. You heard in the news there about no fry zones. That would be uh, no fast food joints around around schools, for instance, and uh, kids nipping out to chippers for their lunch. And that's a story that makes all of the papers. And with one more food-related story, it is hard for me to believe, but there is an ever-increasing amount of people who absolutely love to eat bake, baked beans 
cold from a can. I mean, if there was ever a food crime, isn't that one? Cold baked beans from a can? Whatever you're having yourself, I suppose. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Covered a lot of stuff in the papers this morning. Anything there that attracts your attention, get in touch. Text 0868104106. But while we have seen uh, the boys and girls in blue out and about keeping an eye on things, um, some people are quite annoyed and upset, particularly when it comes to the various checkpoints. Now, I'm going to plough through an awful lot this morning. Um, and I have to say, a huge huge selection of texts and emails and comments on all sorts of different topics over the past couple of days. I want to drill into many of them as well. But also, I'll be talking a little later on about a new initiative that I've come up with in association with Tesco. They're reopening Douglas Village Shopping Centre on Thursday and they have given me 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away, not just this week, but next week as well. I'm calling it Walk Your Way Out of Lockdown with Tesco. Walk your way out of lockdown. How does it work? Well, I want you to, you know, maybe you are walking, okay? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to start thinking about walking. If not, um, maybe there's an incentive for you now to do so. 100 euro Tesco gift card. So what I want you to do is, like you have your phone in your hand, right? And that will count your steps. Some people use Fitbits, but it's your phone that I'm interested in. So your health app, your walking app on your phone. I want you to get walking. And at the end of the week, then I'll be asking you to send in your screen grabs of your total walking distance for the week. So let's say you start today, you're always walking or you're walking 3,000 or 5,000 kilometers, hear me, 3,000, 5,000 steps a day. Um, So I want you to do that. And then tomorrow and the day after and at the end of the week, I want to know what your total is. And then we'll be making draws. Okay, so I want to reward you for your efforts. We'll talk more about it across the morning. But bearing in mind from today, you need to start um, marking and cataloging and holding on to your steps. Because there are there are 100 euro Tesco gift cards at the end of this week. Sorry, every single day, uh, and indeed uh, this week and next week. So I'll explain it more across the morning. But that's the general gist of it. Walk your way out of lockdown. Calls on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104 106 Red FM. Paddy, you're a mighty man. Thanks for holding. Good morning. Okay, Neil. Uh, listen, um, I just want a simple question. Right. right? A simple question. Uh, last Friday, there, no, I was going to Little Island in the car to get an NCT tested. Right. And there was a gather checkpoint, and uh, it lasted for about a mile or two behind me, and I was late, and I got a right ballot and off your one. That was all right. From your so one at the done. NCT, is it? Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she said, well, I said I couldn't help it. I said the cars were holding us all up to what chicken. But, like, what I want to know from young Neil is, what's this all about? What's all this checkpoint about, like? I mean, they're slowing them down, and then they're passing them on. You'd swear they were looking for public enemy number one, like a mass murder on the loose. So, it's still... Just just explain to me, so it's still happening, the same thing that happened right at the beginning of this Level 5, that... There are guards at a particular spot and all of the traffic backs up because they crawl along, but the yeah. guards actually don't do anything. They just wave you on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what I want to know is who who gave these orders? What fool gave these orders? And what was the purpose? It's, it, it's just causing a hindrance. It's causing a traffic jam. It's not helping. It's not. It's hindering. So what, did, what, so what's did, it all about? 
So they just cause chaos without actually asking anybody where they're going then? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I can't answer that. It makes no sense to me. They may as well not be there at all. Uh, yeah, exactly. But who's given the orders? Have a listen to this. You might be interested. Um, uh, I feel I needed to voice some with someone where, with regards to the current situation with level five restrictions and guarded checkpoints. I work in a school in the South City suburbs and I live in East Cork. I have two small children. I have to juggle childcare before I go about on my journey to work. It's painstaking. Every single day, two lanes of the N25 are broken down into one, then divided into three for an imaginary checkpoint. I'm being serious here. I was only ever stopped and asked once for my letter stating I'm an essential worker. Every other time, every single day, twice and three times a day, I was either waved on or the four squad cars were parked at the side of the road doing nothing. My kids have been late for school loads of times. and the first day of level five restrictions, it took me two hours to get to work and I wasn't asked for the letter. This morning, I left home super early and said I'd get to work early. I still got stuck on the N25. Nobody was stopping or even standing on the road. It's really frustrating. I understand checkpoints are needed, but it's really making things harder for people who are genuinely out trying to get to A to B and it's taking so much longer. I understand the reasons why, but why not do random checks down back road? People are using those. Um, anyway, thanks for reading. Obviously, I'm working this morning. Can't come on air. So somebody else that feels your pain, they just find these checkpoints pointless. But could you, Neil, could you find out now from some superintendent or something, what's the purpose of this? What's it solving? Because I don't think it's solving any. It's causing more of a problem than everything. It's backing up all the traffic. Like, Jesus, is there any brain out there at all? I'd get on to, I'd get on to the traffic core at Anglesey Street if they're willing to put forward a spokesperson. I will ask them that very question, all right? Thanks, Neil. All right, kid. Mind the blood pressure in the meantime, okay? No Talking about blood pressure, actually, um, many people got hot under the collar uh, with regards to bus drivers and 20 euro notes and 50 euro notes getting on their bus. Although I do feel for bus drivers if and too many people are getting on with 20s and 50s because they're not planning their journey a bit better. You can understand why they would get a little bit upset or a bit annoyed. I, I get it because like they're not, you know, they're not they're not change machines as such. I'm absolutely appalling the experience on the air coach uh, to and from from Dublin to Cork at the time. I complained to Air Coach by phone. The person on the line asked me to compose an email. I did, and I heard nothing back from them. The incident started outside the coach, where the driver was extremely ignorant. Uh, the customer uh, had a later booking and was ridiculed by the driver and told in a very rude tone to wait until the end to get on. I then asked the driver if they took cash, as I usually book online and don't have to deal with tickets. He responded, if you can't wait, then go into the shop and buy the ticket. And this confused me, so I repeated the question to which he repeated the answer. The next incident was while boarding the bus, uh, a lady in front of me requested a price for two tickets. Although she was quite clear, the driver both ignorantly and aggressively asked her to repeat her question. Uh, when he said the price of the trip, she didn't hear the price. And at this point, he said the price to her again, as if she were a bold child. I turned to the original man and said, to, and uh, he said to me, that driver is very rude. I responded that I also thought he was a disgrace. Next, it was my turn to deal with him. I asked for a return ticket and I handed over a 20 euro note and a fiver. When giving me the change, he almost threw the euro back to me and it fell on the ground. On picking it up, I looked up to see him eyeballing, eyeballing me. 
I responded out of pure frustration, telling them, telling him that he was unbelievably rude. He stood up, put his hands on me, pushed me back, and demanded that I leave the bus and accuse and call and accuse me of calling of calling him a rude effing b a s t a r d. On trying to push me out of the bus, I was pushed to the grey bar at the front of the bus where he spent about five minutes glaring down at me, shouting, get off the bus, get off the bus, you're not going to Cork. He called me an ignoramus about ten times. He told me he was calling the guards, which I was in complete agreement with. He called the guards and told them that he had an extremely volatile, extremely aggressive passenger. He proceeded to take other passengers on board. When the final passenger was on, he stood over me again, trying to intimidate me off the bus. The guard came and explained that he was within his rights to refuse a passenger. Once I had understood the guard couldn't do anything about the unfortunate situation, I then requested a refund. So the driver proceeded to hand me back nine two-euro coins, two fifty-cent coins and a fiver. Uh, I apologised to the people on the bus for holding them up. I moved off the bus and went to chat to the Garda. Uh, 11.15am, the driver proceeded to come over to us and deliver a monologue of lies to the Gardaí rather than drive the bus, which was already delayed by the two of us. He eventually left, after which the Garda empathised with me. He asked me how I would get to Cork now told him it was quite clear who was the aggressor in the situation. He continued to tell me not to let it ruin my day. It wasn't worth it. I waited for the next air coach where I was greeted by a lovely driver who was delighted I had ample change for him as he was running out of change. It was an extremely uncomfortable situation. On hearing his show, <coughs> it reminded me and on, f- on reflection, I'm disappointed that air coach never responded to me. Love the show. I've been touring for a few years. It's great to be home listening to Cork Issues again. Kind regards, says John. Well, not everybody is uh, 100% happy with events on side. certainly over the weekend. And I believe that there was a gender reveal party on the north side over the weekend. And I've been sent video footage of it where we counted between 20, sorry, where we counted between 35 and 40 people crowded into a house uh, near Knocknahini. It's very sad. It's very unfortunate. I don't know what they were thinking about inside in that house, but that's the way it is. Uh, and I'll read out an email on that in a few minutes time, but I don't want to be holding people up too long. Um, Mick, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are things? I'm good. Any idea how many days now uh, that the Debenhams workers have been picketing and protesting? Any idea? Jeez, I have no idea. To be honest, no. It's, uh, it's a couple of months, anyway. Ah, without a doubt, it is. I'll get the I'll get the mm. exact number in regards to days. But your sister was one of those laid off in March, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No, in since March, um, she's been she's been keeping things together basically. Yeah, because it's eight months now. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, paying mortgages and so on and so forth. And um, uh, she's been she's been uh, paying her mortgage since since um, since March, um, or well, last ten years really, basically. And um, she has mortgage protection as well on her mortgage for the last ten years. Right. Okay. And what she's surviving on now? I don't mean to be overly inquisitive, uh, but is it a pop payment? Covid, basically. Covid. Okay. Co- covid. Covid. Basically. Okay. COVID. So that could be three hundred uh, a week now at this stage, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, 
situation is um, she's been battling away anyway since and uh, applying for jobs and basically the jobs aren't there at the moment um, um, in the in the industry that she was in uh, for the last twenty odd years. So it's it's quite difficult to to to, to get in employment at the moment, especially for Devon staff because there's so many of them there and so many of them in the, in a similar position. And a lot of them um, are on pop and they're temporarily laid off or some of them absolutely. lost their jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, th- things things kind of came to um, to um, um, the situation where she she had to she, she she had to apply for the for the mortgage protection. She wants to avail of it. Um, so yeah, everything was everything was fine. She applied for or sent off the relevant documents that they that they requested, and um, everything was fine. So she um, didn't hear anything back. So she contacted them, and they were looking for three. Um, Three more um, uh, pieces of information from her. They're looking for proof of her occupation, which I think is totally irrelevant, really. Like what, what she was doing in Debenhams, what, what, what was her role in Debenhams. Um, they're looking for proof of her that she was permanent uh, in Debenhams. And she was look, they're looking for the first day of uh, her employment and the last day of her employment. Which sounds pretty straightforward. If you had, if you had uh, access to HR, don't have. Mm. So anyway, um, a proof of occupation. As I say, she 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 can't get proof of occupation because she can't get a copy of her contract or or whatnot. Uh, proof of permanency. Um, she can send. She sent them a, um, a wage slip which shows the hours of work and and whatnot. But also with proof of permanency, she sent them um, correspondence that she had from the um, liquidators in regards to what she's entitled to for statutory redundancy. No. They they have they have stated the amount of years she's entitled to, so that would obviously prove that she was there for twenty odd years. Mm. Um, and first and last day, that would give obviously a, a guideline of her first and last day. Uh, well, they know her last day, but her first day. Um, they're looking for proof of all this. They're looking for proof of these three things, which you can't get. Yeah, but, uh, but um, you know the you know the mortgage. It's two hundred and fifteen days, incidentally, lads. Two hundred and fifteen strike days. Um, you know the mortgage protection policy that she has. Um, it, it, does that cover redundancy or loss of job, or does it just cover um, death of a partner or a spouse or something like that? I'm not a hundred percent sure now, Neil. To be quite honest, but um, there is other people who are in a similar situation in Debenhams that have availed of it from the same insurance company with what, no issue. What I want to know is the mortgage protection policy that she has. Does it cover job loss? Um, I would assume so. I would assume so. I don't know. I, I haven't read it. I right. haven't seen it or okay. anything. But okay. I'm, some like, do, I, some don't. You know. Yeah, basically, she's she's entitled to it. They're saying, but they just need these three bits of information. She sent off her pay slips, didn't she? Sent off her pay slips. Sent off the the um, the correspondence from the from the liquidator. The liquidator. She was yeah. yeah that she was redundant, and uh, this is what she's entitled to statutory redundancy um, for so many years, which proves her permanent uh, role. Um, and that she's been working there for the last 20 odd years so I mean uh, it, to me it's just the insurance companies not trying not to pay out again making everything so and and, and the, 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 the lady that she was on the phone to from the insurance company basically said I know we're making things difficult for you but I need these three bits of information 
Yeah, that would be easy to do if you had been laid off by a company who were still open and still at an HR department and were able to give you the information. But the shutters have come down completely uh, with regards to to Debenhams. Look, uh, on the overall scheme thing, I mean, proof of occupation, what, what relevance does that have? She can give them that herself, could she, or does she have to get that from Debenhams also? She'll have to get that from them as well, like yeah. you know. She, she, she. But what relevance does it have, like you know, in regards to occupation? What, what does it matter what you were doing now? You were there for twenty four years, permanent, and what? What does the occupation? What? Why should the occupation come into it? Like you would think that the pro, the pro, producing payslips would be enough to prove that she was an employee. Absolutely, and the first and last day of her employment, the last day she can prove with the with the with the with the um, with the um, correspondence from Debenhams initially saying that they're 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 now being made made redundant from this day. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it, like it is understandable that a company that are going to pay out on a on a on a on a, on a, on a in policy would need, as you say yourself, a number of things to prove that. They, that she's entitled to a payment. I, I mean, you do have to provide paperwork. Oh, absolutely. And, and all that has been provided. But these three bits of information, uh, proof of occupation, proof of permanency, which she can prove, obviously, because she wouldn't be entitled to 20 odd years of, 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 of uh, statutory redundancy if she wasn't working there for the last 20 odd years. And is there any you know, chance of getting any of that from HR Debenhams UK? Um, I'm not sure now to be quite honest about it I'm not sure I'm not sure but but have AXA said have AXA said that she is entitled to um, mortgage protection for being made redundant she she will be entitled to it once she provides this information but do you want them to not drag their feet and accept that she can't provide a lot of the information because of the the standoff yeah but in realistic terms right she has been made Redundant yeah. from her position. Yeah. The mortgage protection um, is for that, right? Um, no, she has proven that she has been working there with her with the correspondence from the from the from Debenhams and from the liquidator. She has proved that she has um, been made redundant. Um, so, what, what does the other what does the other bits and pieces that they're looking for? What, what what's the relevance for that? And how long is this rolling? How long is this going on? Uh, it's gone on a couple of weeks now, like it's gone on. It's gone two weeks and two, three weeks. Because she needs to pay the mortgage, doesn't she? That's yeah. And look, she, as I say, she has been paying it all the time. The, 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 you know, she, she's been she's been pulling away and, and and whatnot. But you know, she 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 didn't want to avail of us. She didn't want to apply for us. Um, she was trying to play it away without without uh, applying for us. Um, hoping in in the hope that she'd get a a, a job or something like that. In the but now you know, she, she's going to because yeah. no, she's paid into it. Like that's what it's there for. It's Absolutely. mortgage protection for, for, ten, for ten years. Okay. And you know a, a lot of people don't have it, but you know she she has it, and 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 they're making life uh, uh, as difficult as possible. Maybe may so. And I have heard in the past of people who eventually do need to avail of the insurance cover, and they find that they're not covered, or things are very hard, or it's made more difficult. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case know, here, but. We, we've been well, in touch with AXA and we're waiting a response from them. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, do, do you know, well, what's kind of frustrating, really? I mean, look, this is an insurance policy uh, at the end of the day, right? Um, and I remember back along there, you had, a, you had a taxi driver on from the airport there. He was parked above in the airport and somebody backed into him above in the airport and they had footage of the, of the incident and all above there. But yeah. um, his insurance company basically told him that it's, it, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's nothing to do with him, that they're going to make the call whether they're going to pay out on it or not. Yeah. 
even though he had footage back into him. Now, I, do, I can't, I, I, I don't remember hearing the outcome of that on, on the show, to be quite honest, but uh, I know of other insurance uh, claims where the insurance companies have just paid out. Oh, listen, I, can, I mean, I could open the phone lines on that this morning and I'd get inundated with people saying that they were Absolutely. wronged, but their insurance company paid out. A lot of the time the insurance companies say, I know this is a slightly different topic, they say it's cheaper to settle because 33% on top of every claim goes in legal fees at least. You know, Absolutely, so. and, and and here you have a genuine claim from somebody who has, you know... Um, um, As if um, life wasn't tough it, enough for them, yeah, I know. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and, and they're dragging their heels then, like, and, and then with somebody who, as I said, the, the, the scenario I just, I just explained there that was on your show, they'll pay out maybe 15 grand each for those two people that were inside the car, that's 30 grand then, just to pay out and, and forget about that. I know what you're saying. Um, we've, you a call, we've a call into AXA, let's see what they come back with and see if we can help or expedite the situation of behalf of your sister, all right? Great stuff. Thanks a million. You're welcome, Mick. Thanks for picking up the phone. Appreciate it, kid. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. And on top of everything else, apparently there is a difference. One is mortgage protection and another is mortgage payment protection. Apparently mortgage protection covers death. It'd be an idea really maybe to talk to a broker on this. Mightn't be a bad idea for them to clarify what's covered and what isn't because it's not as if the Debenham work- workers haven't had enough to put up with. Neil, clarify it's not mortgage protection, it's mortgage payment protection. The mortgage protection you refer to covers death. Thank you for that. I agree with Paddy about the checkpoints. It came from some from Moy this morning, coming into Glanmire. Massive, pointless tailbacks. I came up to the checkpoints and it was just waved on. I don't mind waiting if it's for a genuine checkpoint. Yeah, you wouldn't, I suppose, mind as much if they asked you a question, but it's just the waving on. All they're doing is discommoding people who have a valid reason to be on the roads in the first place. Regarding checkpoints, particularly in Glanmire, I know they are trying to stop people doing unnecessary journeys, but why the hell can't Arctics, Rigids and HGVs just be left carry on down the motorway? It's not like there are people in lockdown with a spare truck sitting in the garden and taking it out for a morning spin. <laughs> Bit of common sense and cop on, lads, will go a long way. It's tough enough to get around without causing delays, says Steve. Hi, lads. Uh, please don't forget that the Cork City women's team won their FAI Cup semi-final as well over the weekend, which was also a great achievement. There wasn't just GAA on, you know, says Steve. Thank you for that. So, a quadruple whammy on Lee's side over the weekend. Watching the Cork match yesterday, I did that one. It was like getting a tooth out. Morning. Can you imagine 24 hours shopping in pennies, Neil? Dawn of the dead, says Kev from Anand Bridge. Well, be a bit of excitement anyway, wouldn't it? And we need a bit of excitement in the times we're living in. You may have noticed that I don't talk as much uh, about COVID-19 or coronavirus. Not saying that it's gone away or anything, but I have been trying over the weeks to try and vary things and mix things up because, uh, you know, it can get a bit repetitive. But... From time to time, then, a story that's COVID-related comes along and a video with it as well. And, I, and I've and i seen the video. It appeared over the weekend. Somebody at the party took the video. And I wonder if there are any people who are actually listening who are at it or those who set it up, whether or not they'd like to defend it. Uh, they can give me a call, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 But the person who sent me the video said, is it... Is any wonder that we're not getting a handle on COVID-19? Well, we actually are. The numbers are dropping. Anyway, I've seen footage that is circulating on social media of a gender reveal party on the north side over the weekend. In the post to Snap Maps on Saturday, that's a new thing. Apparently, you can identify the source 
of where the video was taken. Snap maps on Saturday. Up to 30 to 40 people were crowded into a house near Knocknahini. It would be safe to say that not all was from the one family. You can be sure of that. It just takes one person to have the virus to cause a problem for all of us. <clears throat> if the girl whose baby shower it was unfortunately contracted this horrible disease, she could herself could become a super spreader. I'm not exaggerating as she will be attending CUMH regularly until she gives birth, potentially infecting hundreds of expectant mothers in the process. Uh, this gender reveal party is totally negligent and selfish to host such a party, let alone publicly advertised it on social media where all her friends could be identified and fined. A relative of mine contracted the coronavirus in Cork in a care home along with other residents. The disease was brought in from outside. Thankfully, every resident in this case fully recovered. My worry is that they could be exposed to COVID again if these parties are allowed to continue. Second time around, they may not be so lucky in beating it. I'm not being disrespectful when I say this. Many carers come from areas like where this house party took place Friday night. We all know they're paid terribly and they do a great job. I'm not suggesting for one second that the carer who unknowingly brought COVID into the nursing home was at a gender reveal or a 21st or a birthday party, but you can easily see how it does spread. I've seen on the news uh, that new strains of the virus are now emerging in Europe. We could have a vaccine for COVID early next year. But what happens when COVID-19.2 emerges? And we're back to square one with no cure for that. Well, I've seen the video and it is heartbreaking. It's very disappointing because you have those that do. And then, of course, you have those that don't and couldn't be bothered. Or maybe don't realize, maybe don't follow the news. Maybe you're just not at all aware of the fact that you can't be gathering in people's houses. Although that in itself is hard to believe, I have to say. Um but anyway, the video um, was up over the weekend. I have a copy of it. I may or may not decide to, to share it. Maybe I might blur out the faces. But I think by talking about it, you get a fair idea as to how, as this texter says, in the email it says, how negligent and selfish it is to host a party like this and then to advertise it because somebody did put the video footage up online. And just speaking on, you know, people being pregnant and matters like that, I'm working in the maternity hospital. It's been wonderful here for the mothers as they've been getting lots and lots of rest. It's been hard for them without having their partners to be there for the first few days after the birth of the babies. But they have been getting great rest and great care, which is what is needed after a natural delivery or indeed a C-section. Um, you're, you're right and they're getting the best of care and that's a wonderful thing. But I did read back end of last week that a lot of mams who've just given birth want to get home earlier and some of them are leaving hospital the next day because they want to be back with their families and loved ones. I had my last baby 12 years ago and apart from my first baby, I was out of hospital the next day, um, each time for three kids. That's the norm, isn't it? Says Mary. Don't know. I would have thought there would have been maybe two or three days recovery before you left the CUMH, but apparently more and more are legging it the next day. Morning. I don't know if it's possible, but I hear so much of the lovely greetings that you give out on your morning show. Um, I'm overseas, but I would love you to send my greetings to the Collins and the Hodnett families in Ross Carberry. I just want to say to them, stay strong during these times we live in and we're thinking about you. When it's possible again, we will visit. We're listening to the show every day from the Netherlands. Lots of love, kind regards from Bianca. So, 
message delivered to the Collins and the Hodnett families in Ross Carberry. Morning to you all. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And you can text 086-8104-106. Pick up the phone and uh, give us a bell on 1-850-104-106. Lot of, lots of fun on shrink, shrinkflation from last week's uh, program. The things that people notice. Uh, on the size of chocolate lately, the Toblerone has about an inch gap between the triangles now. Have you noticed? Yes, there was a lot of talk about the uh, Toblerone gap. Do you remember the Yorkie bars used to spell Yorkie on the six squares? There's only five squares now. So they'll have to spell, change the spelling to Y-O-R-K-Y with a Y instead of an I-E. Well spotted. Morning, there was always ten pieces of chewing gum in a packet. Now there's nine. I also want to mention the size of the fudge bars. As soon as the American company Kraft took over Cadbury's, the quality of the chocolate was watered down. And the size of all the bars have been getting smaller. I would rather chew a bit of mud than eat a bar now, says Sean and Douglas. (laughs) If I gave you a bowl of mud, right? (laughs) And a Cadbury's fruit and nut or a tiffin. Or Cadbury's mint chocolate. I don't think you'll be going for the bowl of mud. Um, the can of Guinness was 500 milliliters. It's gotten smaller. It's now 470 mils, says Donny. And I suppose they didn't reduce the price. I was in town pre-lockdown. I picked up a handful of jelly beans. Five euro thirty. At one point, you'd have had a load of jelly beans for 50 pieces, Pat. <laughs> Probably back in the 1970s. I work in retail and the tea bags have less tea in the bag now. The box will still still say 80 tea bags, but the kilogram weight has dropped twice in the past three years. They're putting less tea leaves in the bag, says Jason. I don't know about that. I, do, I think it hasn't affected the flavour. Well, uh, we're a Barry's tea house. It's never affected the flavour of Barry's tea. That's a load of nonsense. The chocolate companies reduced the size to cut back on calories. Because five or ten years ago, we didn't have these huge bars of chocolates that you see on the shelves today. It's all about give less and charge more. And it's greed, says Desi. Yes, for many people now, the standard purchase is no longer the small chocolate bar. You know, that would have been the way years ago. Now it's the giant one, the jumbo one, the big one. The ones about, what is it, about maybe nine inches or eight inches by three or eight inches by two. That's a standard now that somebody will buy for themselves. So that's the difference. There's no shrinkflation there. And then there's more, lots more on that. And also uh, on toys and people reminiscing about Christmas toys. I will come back to, I will come back to all of that. Um, Oh yeah, and also up on Instagram at the weekend, uh, at the back end of last week, I was suggesting because, um, you know, Brown Thomas have their Christmas window up uh, and other people are putting up their Christmas trees and the holly bough is now out. Would it be fair enough now at this stage to start playing Christmas songs? And I posted that up on my Instagram page. I got a big response to it uh, and I have tallied the amount of people that responded. Those who say it's a good idea and those who say, no way... And I'll come back to that after 10 this morning. But just to call ahead at 10 o'clock. Uh, the Baldy Barber. Morning, Mick. Morning, Neil. How are you? How are you, survi- are you surviving? All closed up? Uh, I, I was cycling out your oh, way on Saturday and you were closed for business? All closed until the 2nd of December, like most people, yeah. But you, you, know? ha- you have a query, is yeah, it? Yeah. I have, yeah. I can't understand. Now, I do understand because I'd be on to Michael McGrath. I'd be on to Michael McGrath. The TD, he will always come back to you. 
he will reply to. He was one of the few people in the political game that will reply to straight away. Uh, hairdressing schools are open, ladies and gents, hairdressing schools. But I, I was in the impression that you could only work with mannequins. But from what I can gather now, you can work with human beings. So, like, I mean, you could have your family or a stranger coming. You can be charged. I'm losing you there, Mick. It's a shocking phone line. You're talking about hairdressing courses, is it? And barbering and barbering. Um, in in what setting? In a home setting or in a oh, no, no, in no, a school? No, 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 no. They are official. They are official schools. Oh, I have to make that clear. They are so would they, would they not fall under the category of school and education then? And school and education, but I always got the impression that was only mannequins you could work on. Not on fellow human beings and call to COVID. Didn't I didn't know? I didn't know that. I didn't know that there, that there was a a difference. Um, is yes. so. What's the downside to this? Are people flocking to get their hair done by trainees now? Is it? No, we're trying to. We are trying to find out. Nah, it's a terrible line. It's a terrible line. We'll come back after after ten. Sorry, Pat. Sorry, I'll maybe get a better phone line. I will try again a little later on. Text 0868 if you can shine some light on that. Mind you, Steve says, just wanted to add my two cents for what it's worth. I'm a believer that the cons of a lockdown that we're definitely in outweigh the pros right now. It wasn't too bad in March as we had great weather, but now it's winter. It's a different ball game. People are stuck inside houses, apartments, hotel rooms, even with small children. All the children want is to be out, but there's nowhere to bring them in this weather. You can't even bring them to see Christmas decorations. They're all barricaded like some sort of a crime scene. You can't even sit down for a coffee. I can't believe how anyone thinks it's okay to shut down businesses who are complying with the guidelines. What more could they do? I'm a firm believer in the elderly and the immunocompromised, which I am, to be the ones to be given an extra bit of help and the rest of us to just get on with it. For example, if a sports shop capacity is 20 people at a time from 9 until 11, uh, keep it at 7 or 8 capacity to allow the elderly and the immunocompromised a bit of distance. And after 11 then, put it back up to 20. If a barber is booked, for example, at half nine by an over 70 or an immunocompromised, have it just them for the half hour it takes to cut their hair. We have to start thinking outside the box instead of being so black and white about all, says Steve. And then there was a lot on people being asked their religions and what have you with regards to uh, when they went into hospital. Somebody was clarifying that. The questions are asked for a reason. There was somebody who was um, going into a hospital there recently. I think it was the Mercy. And she was asked, you know, all the different topics that you'd be asked when you're filling in a form. But her religion, and she had an issue with that. Anyway, this chap is saying, for example, your religion is important as different religions have different beliefs and the treatment they received. And healthcare professionals need to be aware from the start of admission. Secondly, your marital status and your family situation is also an important question for the patient's discharge. We will need to know, do they live at home on their own? Do they have support? Do they need extra support such as home help, etc.? I don't understand why there's such a big issue. All information needs to be gathered to treat each patient individually to their needs and beliefs. And there are much more personal questions asked than that. If someone's religion isn't clarified at the beginning and there's a treatment started that they don't believe in because of their religion, that delays the treatment as an alternative has to be put in place and more than likely a complaint would then be put in against the healthcare professionals for not clarifying the information at the start. Ridiculous to be given out about a simple question like religion 
that if you want to be treated as you believe and your religion dictates, answer the question. So thank you for that. It does clarify it from the point of view of a hospital in the event of something happening during somebody's treatment where the hospital could be sued afterwards. All right. So we'll pick it up after 10, 1850-104-106. You can also email neil at uh, redfm.ie. So as Joe Biden would say, here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? Um, every day this week and every day next week, I want to give you an opportunity to walk your way out of lockdown with Tesco. Now, the Douglas Village Shopping Centre reopens on Thursday. Good news. Um, always good to accentuate the positive. And with that in mind, I have 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away this week and next week. The whole idea is we want to get you uh, set up for an extra special Christmas for the next 100 euro to spend in Tesco. And it's your chance to win. All right. Uh, So this is over a grand's worth of gift cards this week and next week. So if you're out walking, um, I want you to send me a screen grab of your total walking distance. Like how it would work is, say you're going for a walk now, or you're listening to me on headphones, or you'll be walking later on. Your phone will count your steps, all right? So at the end of the day today, send me a screen grab of the amount of steps and the length of your walk. And then tomorrow we'll do the first draw on that one. And then tomorrow people are walking tomorrow. We'll send it tomorrow and they'll do it the next day and so on and so forth. So your walk today could tomorrow morning win you a 100 euro Tesco gift card. The best way to send me the screen grab of your total walking distance would be by WhatsApp. You just WhatsApp me your screen grab of your walking total for the day. All right. And then the next morning we do the draw. Couldn't be more simple than that. And it's a 100 euro Tesco gift card each day this week and next week in association with Tesco as we re- as we mark the reopening of Douglas Village Shopping Centre on Thursday. All right, so that'll be a bit of fun. Get walking and we'll all attempt to walk our way out uh, of lockdown. Um, there are businesses closed, of course. Amongst them are barber shops and hair salons. Um, like Maybe you're like me. You have the old scissors at home now and you're snipping off the rogue bits um, or the stray bits. Um, bad phone line with the Baldy Barber before 10. It might be better now, Mick. Baldy, Dean. Okay, so you have, you, have, you have trainees being trained in barber and hairdressing yes, schools and academies, is it? That's right. They're and open. Officially, they're entitled to be open. Okay, because I, I want to... I, I, I thought that... It but are they only... looking for customers, is it? Yes, yes, because I saw a message last week and I replied to it being the naughty bastard that I am. And I was offered a haircut for a fiver. And I thought it was very, very, very bad because I thought no public could go into these places to get their haircut. Okay, and the ad you saw was from an academy looking for people who needed a haircut, is it? Yes, it was was one of the students uh, put her up uh, on Messenger. And, uh, and on Facebook looking for someone. But do you accept that to an extent they have to get on with their course? I do, I do, but I, we, we all got the impression in our business that was only mannequins that you could train on at the moment. I don't know. I mean, our was family, that the guideline? Our family, our family members. But you're saying that people are openly advertising looking for customers? They are, they are, and that is very, very wrong because, I mean, if they can open, why can't barbershops and hairdressers open as well? Does yeah. it mean that there's no COVID inside the training schools? I mean, I, I just can't believe it, you know? So you, that, that fiver for the haircut that you were offered, you would have to go into a place where other people were also getting a haircut, is it? Quite correct. It has to be, and there has to be a supervisor there to send over the haircut as well. 
you know so that means that there's two people working on the person so how could you, but like how could you train on a mannequin like what what are you cutting oh you can oh, tra- these mannequins are fantastic I believe I've never done that but I've seen it and, uh, and particularly with the beards they are absolutely amazing what they can do with, with these mannequins it is unbelievable are our hair okay that's are you saying these are people training to be barbers is the same thing happening with hairdressers ladies oh yes yes practice they practice the blow drying as well uh, and they practice a colour with all the manicures out there there today it is unbelievable okay but forget about that I'm talking about them doing it are, are there man, are, human being. are there trainee schools for hairdressers actively looking for members of the public to come in to get a cheap hairdo yes Okay, so you're, and you think that's not a fair playing pitch from the rest of your Well, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. If they can go into a hairdressing school, they should be able to go to a barbershop or a hairdressing place. I mean, we are all human beings and that's it. And as human beings are carrying carrying the the, 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 the virus. So, like, I mean, what's good for one is good for the other. And is this about greed or is it the necessity of training hairdressers and barbers? I think it's a form of greed, actually, myself, personally. Hold, hold on, hold on there, if you will, because I've got Anne Marie from Just for Men on Academy Street. Anne Marie, good morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? No, it's it's Neil actually, Anne Marie. It's Neil. Hi, Neil. Good morning. To you. Do you have an academy? Good morning. Yes, we do, Neil. Okay, so how's it work? So how it works is we have two different courses. We have a certificate and a diploma course. It works. We have our theory, which are either four or five modules, depending on your program, and that's done online. We then have your practical and technical skills, which is where you learn how to do your your cuts and the styling, and that's done actually in the academy. And we always start off with long haircuts going all the way up to the face, and we work on mannequin doll's heads. So the, this is men, you... you um, oh, just men. Are, are your clients, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just men. Okay. And what's happening at the moment with your academy? Well, at the moment, our courses are running under Section 16 of the education system. Um, So we're fully compliant with all of the rules and regulations. Because it's a a hands-on course, that's how we're facilitated by having the academy open. Right, okay. And only for the practical side of it. Okay, fair enough. The practical side would be the beard, the moustache, the haircut itself kind of stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. They have to be prepared for their exams at the end of the month. Absolutely. I appreciate that, that the education has to go on. But where do you get the customers from? Generally, it's from their family members. And we will be looking for anybody that wants to support the academy as we go forward um, who are looking for trainee barbers. There's a huge, there's a vast difference between uh, a professional barber or even a master barber and an actual trainee. So obviously you have to advertise for a trainee and let people know this person is learning their trade. There's only one way they can learn the trade, and that's by having people willing to allow them to cut. Yeah, but what I'm trying to endeavour to find out, uh, with a little bit of clarity from you, uh, on behalf of those that are closed, is does that involve advertising for members of the public to come in, in your case for a haircut or a beard trim, and in the case of an academy that deals with hairdressing, to look for women to come in for cut, colour and blow dries and things? Well, at the moment, we're actually just taking family members. We are advertising for members. No, 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 that's wrong. I had an appointment there last Tuesday at, 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 at uh, 12 o'clock. Where? In, in Anne Marie's place. This girl got in touch with me, and I don't want to get the girl into trouble, and I have it here in writing 
that this girl offered me to come into the shop at 12 o'clock last Tuesday uh, for a fiver. Yeah, but you're in the trade. They would want yes, people in the yes. trade because at least then you could probably help her. I have no problem and I don't charge for anyone that I've ever helped in my whole life. I've never done it, Neil. Yeah but, yeah, but maybe that's why they would ask a barber to come in to see no, how a trade... I said the girl didn't realise who she was talking to. What was As a matter of fact, Anne-Marie cut myself and another person off the Facebook because we had a few discussions with her about being open during the pandemic. So if one person should close, everybody should close. Yeah, but not. Yeah. But they are closed. Just for men is closed. This is no, the, no, but sure, I, was offered a, I was offered an appointment last, last Tuesday at 12 o'clock. So how, how, how could I... How, she, the girl had the clue who I was. But she's a trainee. Yeah, but she didn't know who I was. I'm not a member of her family. I have no problem with a family going in there. None whatsoever. But I was a member of the public. Well, Anne-Marie, do you know anything about that? Well, I suppose the first thing I'd say, Mick, is, uh, as you know, JFM on the Grand Parade and all of our out- other outlets, they're all closed. All of our barbers are at home and all of them are receiving COVID. So that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. The second thing, the academy is an actual education facility. And I'm sure if Mick tried to make an appointment, it was made very clear to him that it would be a trainee who would be looking after him. A trainee is a person that's learning their skills. It's covered under education. We can't, and the school systems are keeping operating because we realise that we need to keep the education system going. And this is just one aspect of the education system. Mm, the issue the issue would be where, I don't mean to give you any grief, but the issue would be where you're getting your customers from. Quite correct. That's the thing, you know, as to whether it is members of their... As a family member, I have no problem. Yeah. But not the public. Because on two I, levels... I, I, two I laugh. I mean, Anne-Marie's uh, the, the school says that they will have a junior barber qualified in, in, in two months. I can guarantee you they wouldn't be able to brush the floor properly in two months. The mindset becomes... Wait a second. Have you been in Just For Men? I have. It's of the highest standard. So the training, oh, no, obviously... No, no, in fairness now, the training oh, must also be of the highest standard. I have to say that now. I've decided to shop... I mean, it's not as if they got a hedge clippers. Like, they know what they're doing. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, it's, 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 there is like, no uh, way, Neil. and anyone yeah. in our game w- would would tell you that they would have a barber, a junior barber, trained in two months. Okay, okay, okay. I, I mean, I'll respond to that. And Mick, I absolutely one bazillion percent agree with you. There's nobody trained in two months. What but we are advertised. What I have advertised is if you're, let's say, you're doing a certificate course with us or a diploma course. Let's go the diploma. So you do five modules of your theory online. That's five modules of theory training that covers everything from tracheology to the nervous system. Uh, Don't don't, don't be getting too technical now. Then we have the practical and technical skills side of it. That's for six weeks, and that's three nights a week from from 5.30 until 8 p.m. That's six weeks. That's then followed up with 12 weeks of actual salon training from 10 in the morning till 6 in the evening. There is no other course provider providing okay. that level of education. I accept that. Once accept you finish that, that yeah. okay, that, uh, the like, qualifications that we have, they're independent. That's not the really about what this is about. It's about whether or okay. not, whether about academies and training courses or advertising, looking for customers from the general public when other like-minded businesses are closed. Anne-Marie. What, what we're looking for are people for students to practice for their exams at the end of the month. And that's, that, it. that's members of the public. About it. Oh, but is that members of the public? Whether it's family or members of the okay. public, it's still a training exercise. And is that within the guidelines? 
Absolutely, one hundred percent. Well, that answers your question, Mick. I mean, Mick, you 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 were you were given out for years about people coming in from overseas and setting up barbershops here with no experience, and then you have car companies who are training as best they can, and you have a problem with that as well. Respond. Well, I, I have no problem with family members going in their deal, none whatsoever. But I most certainly do have a problem during the pandemic with the public going in there. Okay, and Emery, do you have any issue with members of the public going in there? No, I actually don't, Mick, uh, and our, our Neil, and I'll tell you why. Our uh, health and safety procedures are beyond exemplary, and in fact, we've just got another award by Havoc during the week. We always take the utmost, and I would say most any good professional barber has been taking extraordinary care of their customers okay, but are you, at all times. But are you advertising for customers? I have put up a post saying that we will be looking for people to come in for students to practice on. I have put that up. But whether people see it or don't see it, or if it's after the pandemic, that's another question completely. At the moment, our students are bringing in their own clients. Okay, ho- hold on there a second, because Debbie has Montana Blue Academy in Formoy. Debbie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. Are you open? Are you training? Are you closed? Or uh, No, we're most certainly closed, unfortunately. And this is our second time closing down. Um, like, and I, I totally agree. You know, obviously, you can train on mannequins and what have you. Um, you can train on mannequins and obviously live people. But as far as I was concerned, absolutely no training on live people. Um, obviously, we don't want to be closed, but... And I, I totally agree, Stella and, and barbershops have proven to be nearly the safest places to operate in this pandemic in comparison to going into the likes of a supermarket, what I have seen. But we are closed. Um, what I do with my students, I have hairdressing and barbering. So I have frozen their course. I am still teaching them like through video link and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'm adding what they've missed onto their course. If it means that we have to put extra time in to getting them to the level where they're at because of this pandemic, well then, as an educator, that's what I have to do to make but, sure my students succeed. But how do you understand the guidelines as they, as they are at the moment? Is it that no close contact work and only on mannequins, is it? Yeah, so from, from what I understood, to be honest with you, was that we, you weren't allowed to work on actual people. You know, that you could continue working on mannequins. But to be completely honest, from a business point of view, I mean, if, if you're not bringing in anything, how are you to p- keep your overheads going? Do you know what I mean? Um, running a school is completely different to running a salon. You know, when you look at the the fees that come in and when they come in and what they cover and what have you. So realistically, being completely honest, you need the both to work hand in hand together to keep your business opened and that's not possible with this pandemic. Well, well Mick, Mick Moriarty believes that the guidelines say that no schools should be opened with regards to hairdressing or barbering and that if they are continuing with their course it only should be on mannequins or as we used to call dummies. Yeah, well that's, that's correct. like we, we I wasn't under the illusion that we could stay open on humans like as I said we're, we're, we're closed. But Anne-Marie you don't believe that that is right? No, and and we've gone through the protocols very, very carefully to make sure that we're fully compliant. Okay. And And I believe we absolutely are. Okay, and you don't have any street entry, do you, where members of the public can see people inside? No, the shutters are down, the the doors are closed, it's only the students inside. And would there be many people... The are not lit. You know, there's nothing outside to suggest that we're actually... Okay, but would there be uh, many people inside at any one time? No, we're even restricted with the numbers of people we can have in because we're complying with the two-metre rule. 
Okay, but busy all day though, yeah? No, let's say if we have one student in for a morning course, two students in for their full day course, and then we have a different kind of level in the evening. So it kind of depends on the number of students, but we're still limited to the number of people we can have in. And of course, we have a huge supply of mannequin heads for people to train on. Okay, okay. Interesting text here, Mick, saying, how in the name of God does Mick expect anybody to learn their trade if they can't practice on people? I have no problem people practicing the Leo. No, no, let him respond. No it was a question. It was a text directed to me. I know that. I know that. But not during the pandemic. I mean, like girl from my Debbie, she's doing it right. We should be all close. Like, I mean, it's, it's like it's a pub or a restaurant. If you go into a restaurant and say, look, I want a coffee, but look, I, I can't stand around the place any chance of a seat. Yeah, let you sit down there so you'll be okay. Right. It's, it's either you're in it or out of it. One or the other. Okay. All right. Let's see what others think on the topic. Thank you all. Thank you, Anne Marie from Just for Men, Debbie from Fromoy, and Mick Moriarty, the Baldy Barber in Blackpool. Your thoughts are welcome on that. Text 0868 104 106. We'll pick it up after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. Thanks for getting in touch, Louise. Looking for a bit of help. She says, Myself and my husband live in the UK. This will be our first year not being home for Christmas in 10 years. It'll only be myself and my husband as both our families are in Cork. My husband's dad and sister are not well, which makes it extra hard. We haven't been back home since Christmas last year, and I'm sure there are plenty of other people in the same boat, which is equally as sad. My husband has family traditions that unfortunately I cannot get in the UK, and I would like to be able to get them for him as a surprise. Would you know any companies that would post over meats? Meat. It would be spiced beef and some potato pies. I've tried to make them, but not the same. And also, Jacob's Chocolate Mallows. They only come out at Christmas, don't you know? They're in a blue box and also potatoes. If you know anyone that can help, I would really appreciate it. I'm trying to make it as special as possible for us as a surprise to my husband. Thanks in advance. Stay safe, stay well, says Louise. Well, I love a challenge. I really and truly do. Um, I can certainly check in a good contributor to this program down through the years is Tom Durkin in the English market and of course over the last couple of weeks have been given away super meat boxes that included his Blossna Heron award winning spiced beef. Now as to whether, I don't know whether Tom is listening right now but as to whether he can post them overseas, I don't know with the crazy rules regarding uh, the European Union we have so that I will have to check out but the potato pies, now the jury would be very much out on that because whose potato pie Because a potato pie is like somebody's stew or another person's chicken curry. Uh, Or, or, you know, they they, they vary so much. You know, you're talking about a potato pie from KC's. Are you talking about a potato pie from the Golden Fry, who do a mini box, actually, of six different flavored potato pies? Are you talking about a Jackie Lennox potato pie? So I would like to know in that regard. The other bits and pieces we could probably find ourselves, you know, the chocolate uh, the Jacob's Chocolate Mallow, and the box of, of Tato. So do clarify, say, for instance, the potato pies, and then maybe we could see if somebody would be able to rise. There might even be a company listening that does these kind of things and puts these, you know, traditional Cork or Irish Christmas things together for overseas. And I'm, if they're listening, I would encourage them to get in touch. But just clarify one thing, and that is the potato pies. But the lads posted me something over the weekend into our own uh, the program, we have our own group chat here and one of the lads posted, uh, if I could just find it here as I'm flicking through so much stuff, they posted a new uh, Tato crisp apparently 
that has just hit the market. It's in here somewhere. I think it. I think it could well be. Um, uh, yeah, here it is: turkey and stuffing flavored crisps. This is a new Tato brand, new for Christmas and suitable for vegetarians. Tato, tough stu- turkey and stuff. Gotta taste that. Gotta find out what that's like. Because everything that Tato do, they do so well. So anyway, what what flavor crisps do you want? Like, is it the multi packs or perhaps a, a a selection of cheese and onion, salt and vinegar, uh, smoky bacon, uh, and turkey and stuffing? So we'll come back to all of that, I promise you. But on the Instagram page, anyway, over the past few days, because I was saying, is it time now that we start playing Christmas music and just get stuck into it? Big reaction to that on my Instagram page, I have to say, uh, and the split. Between those who responded, there was 40 different people put up a comment on this. 27 of them said they would like to hear a Christmas song. This is from my own Instagram page. 27 said yes and 13 said no. You can still vote as to yes or no on my Instagram page. If you're following me, vote. If you're not and you'd like to follow me, please do so. Uh, And I'll come back to that again in another 24 hours time. Yes or no to a Christmas song or two. And we'll come back to all of that. Meanwhile, um, I've filed that off, so I'm waiting on a copy of it. And as soon as I get a copy of it, I will talk to... um, I will talk to Don, um, but a lot of texts on different topics, including um, people talking about, uh, you know, the last eight months. I uh, wouldn't be able to come on air, but I was listening to your recent conversation with Thomas Gould, the TD, talking about how it's very difficult to keep children and teens locked down. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and totally unfair. I'm considered a young person at the age of 28, 28, but due to underlying conditions, I've been 100% full-time cocooning since March. Mother of God. I've barely been outside um, in nearly eight months. And due to the selfishness of others who are disregarding the lockdown, I can only come out when there will be very few cases. If people would only stay in lockdown and the guards enforce the lockdown, then I may be able to leave my house once in a while. There's also a large group of people who do no socially distancing, don't wear masks and get snappy when you ask them for a bit of space. The mental health of teens is declining because they may have to go into lockdown for six weeks. Try being in lockdown for eight months with pre-existing mental health issues. I can barely go out to my garden without the neighbor's kids trying to come to me for attention that their parents have been given them. Children outside sharing lollipops and ice creams as if they've never been told how to protect themselves. One of these children told me their parents told them they can't catch COVID as a child. Parents are putting the more vulnerable in danger because they can't stand being with their own children for longer than a couple of hours. People need to think past themselves at this time, says an emailer at the age of 28 who's been cocooning for eight months. How do you feel then about the gender reveal party over the weekend where between 35 and 40 people were in a small house parting as if there was no COVID-19, parting as if there were no restrictions or guidelines uh, with complete disregard for everybody else? How does that make you feel, I wonder? Um, And also, you're talking about uh, teenagers, right? And the anxiety and stress that they're going through. Do you, were you listening on Friday? I read out an email with regards to a young girl who is in a very, very difficult situation now in the sense that she's just not even getting out of bed anymore. And she certainly isn't going to school. I wondered whether there might be a school related issue. Some are suggesting that could be the case. Others could be talking about just COVID anxiety. Don O'Leary is from the Cork Life Center. We asked him to read the email, have a think about it. Uh, and chat with me on it on air and he's done just that Don good morning 
Good morning, Nigel. Do you think that this is um, an isolated incident, that you have a teen girl who, and, and, you know, family members were in touch, who won't get out of bed, refuses to go to school? Where, where we, I mean, I know it's hard to say, but what do you think is going on here? Well, well it, the first thing, it's, it's becoming a, a lot more prevalent. I think that's the main thing to say. Um, I, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of things that could be going on. I, I think what we're inclined to forget is that in the last uh, eight months, young children in particular have missed lots of their milestones with schools. Um, so kids going from primary school to, to secondary school, it, it's always been known that that has a massive impact on young people. Um, and none of, none of the steps in school straight hard on this now. But we know the school months before the end of that, not, not graduating, even at that age, going into the secondary school and going in then and being faced with everyone wearing masks, which is right. But, but, but this is what kids were facing into when they went into secondary school. You take, you take it up the line and you take it. Junior serve kids weren't able to do their exams. And I won't get into the leaving cert fiasco. But, but, but it has had huge knock-on effects on mental health. Anxiety, is it? Uh, social anxiety and, and mental health problems in particular. Um, I, I, I do see it growing. I, I think as well as that, I mean, there, there has been a kind of a recognition, but I think it's, it's late in the day for the recognition by government in, in that, you know, when you talk about CAMS, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, they were swamped prior to this. So if our family were trying to get her some intervention or counselling or somebody to talk to uh, through the HSE, would that be possible? Oh, oh yes, I think there's a couple of things. Um, I, I, I think, first of all, they, 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 and I see the, the GP here is an issue, but I think I'll give you my number down a minute. If mam phones me, I, I'll have a chat with mam if, if someone are the friend. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of help that I'm looking. Somebody just can I, say I, to them, I hear you and there is help. I, 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 I'd have a chat on that. But, but for others out there, I think um, the jigsaw services is one that's, that's very good. I, I know there is a waiting time again in this one, but it, but it is happening and they're very, very good. Um, and it it can be done by a parent ringing up the jigsaw service or a what is jigsaw? What is that? Jigsaw jigsaw works with young people who are experiencing um, mental health difficulties. Um, it's a it's a free service. Uh, they're based in car. Uh, a phone call from a parent um, will bring them in. There's counselling given for a number of weeks, but they, but there's they'll sit and talk. They will listen. Um, they're excellent. Um, so I think I think if you look up jigsaw there for anyone. They, they, you can contact them online or you can make a phone call. Um, th- that would be very good. I think for CAMS, though, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, uh, a visit to the GP, explaining what's happening, and the GP can can actually um, make, a, make a referral into CAMS. There is a waiting list, though, and I think that, that can be the problem. But as I say, with this, with this particular incident, Nate, uh, uh, if you can get the, the friend or, or the mother to give me a phone, um, O two one four three zero four three nine one is the number of the centre and ask for me. O two one O two one four three zero four three nine one. You don't think there's an issue going on in school that she could be being bullied or getting grief from someone that she won't go to school? I, I think that that's that's very much a possibility. I mean, what I'm seeing here is the young person has just one friend in school. Um, has there been bullying? 
has their what's going on there. I, I think the only way of getting to that though is by sitting and talking and, and for someone to be able to hear it. Sometimes for kids it can be very difficult to come home because it can be very difficult to come home and say to the parent, oh, I, I'm being bullied or someone is doing that because in their own thing, that's that's impacting on their own self-esteem. It's also impacting on how they think the adult is, is seeing them. And it can be really, really difficult for a child. Um, and, and then you have all this going on and it can very easily indicate that there's too much going on. My, my problem is insignificant. But the insignificant problem is leading this child not to be able to get out of bed. I understand that there may well be issues going on um, in the school with regards to change, classroom structures and everything. But just observing as Joe Public out there watching the kids at lunch breaks or going home in the afternoon or hanging around bus stops and stuff. They seem to be getting on with their life as normal. Like they all look quite happy to me hanging out together. Do you not think yeah. so? Well, well, well yeah, for, for, for the majority, again, I'd say yes. For others, though, it, it can be really difficult. Um, you know, it's, it's not all kids are hanging out together. It's not all kids at the bus stop. There are kids who are going home who are terrified to be out. Who, who, without COVID, this is happening with kids. So COVID has added an extra dimension to this. Right. Um, and it's, you know, change. So so kids in primary school where they had the one teacher for years all the way up and I'm going into what is a bigger school in many cases. And they're going into classes where they don't know people, where they may not know the young people around them. And they're changing teachers every 40 minutes and um, can have a massive impact on someone who's already struggling. Uh, so, so it it, it 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 could just be it can be that, which in itself is a problem, or and it can be then that they have no friends, that they're they've been bullied, or and I'm not saying this happens all the time, but they can be bullied, or they can perceive what's happening to them as being bullied. Yeah, yeah. Their, 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 they're already, I, I suppose they're they're, they're already vulnerable. Mentally, it's already it's, it's been made more vulnerable then. Could it could it also be that sometimes a teenager would prefer to talk to somebody outside of their family and not want to open up to their parents, but they would to a professional or, for want of a better word, a stranger kind of thing? Yeah, and, and that, can, that can be the case as well. And I suppose, you know, one of the things is with, with us here in, in, in the country is that this, this, the ancillary services, the, the mental health services, you know, even the addiction services for young people, are, are very much underfunded, and and so so it's not just the school. And if someone, it, it can happen to any family. It, you know, this is not something about uh, being from a particular area, being from a particular background. You, you don't know until it hits your own your own doorstep, um, and you have a child that's not able to move, is so anxious. They're spending all their time, even in the house, spending all their time in their bedroom. In their bedroom and literally in bed a lot of that time. In, in, in bed a lot of the time, not communicating to anyone in the house and definitely not communicating with people outside. You don't want to laugh at your own doorstep and it, it, it is becoming more prevalent. Um, and then Some kids are just, some kids are more worriers than others too, aren't they? Well, well we're all different, you know, that, that that's the same with adults, you know, we're, we're all different, so it's so, so you know, if you think about adults and, and, they, and how they look at COVID, it, it's, it's different for everyone, right? And kids are no different to that, except they're younger. And they're looking at the adults maybe to show them the way through this. And some the adults don't have the answers, so it makes it more difficult for children. I mean, you know, we, 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 we obviously adults should be role modeling for kids. If, if you're unsure of what's going on yourself, um, it is very difficult to do that. And we should remember that, that kids... 
are led by what they see the adults do. And, and we have vast and varying ways of looking at COVID. Um, everyone is different. But, but, but make no mistake about it, coming into a school where you have to wear a mask or where you have to wear a mask in class, where you have to sit at the same classroom table, where, where you're not moving around as much, that's very strange for children. But, the, are they, but they're not wearing masks in class, are they? Well, well, for well, in, in second in secondary school, they're all wearing masks. I'm sitting down at their desks. Sitting down at their desks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I had believed that it was the teacher. No, the the the, the, the young people as well. Every secondary school, as far as I know, has a, has okay. a mask thing. It's all so that can be that can be really difficult. It can for for lots of reasons, and that's that's what the the the, the health advice is for for secondary schools is that they should be wearing masks. Talk to me a little bit about the work that you do. I know we spoke about it before at the Cork, Cork Life Centre because you do life-changing work with young people, don't you, with regards to their education? Well, I think they, I think the young people work for us and, and they make huge changes in themselves. That's the way I'd like to put it. Um, we, we started here, we're, we're in our 20th year. Um, this year I have 55 students and 70 staff, the majority of them volunteers. We, um, we're using, I suppose... The, 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 the curriculum and the academic um, the academics of the Leaving Cert and the Junior Cert to, to work in young people in relation to their mental health, in relation to um, the, the socialisation process. So the 55 and, students that you have, why aren't they, I know there's no hard and fast answer to this, but why aren't they in, in traditional schools? Well, well I suppose there's, there's one thing I would say, is, and it, first of all, one size doesn't fit all. Uh, that that would be one, but I think the other thing then is kids who've had social anxiety. Um, the smaller numbers in here or a way of working with them um, would benefit them. Where these some of the kids that we're working with here would have been out of education two years prior to getting to us. Um, you know, some of them, you know, obviously all of us have issues, but some of these kids would have would have had labels. So we would have kids on on the. Uh, the autism spectrum, we would have kids with addiction issues, we'd have kids in care, we have kids with, lots of kids with social anxiety, um, and kids that just didn't fit into the mainstream. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, so you know, here, they're, they're going, they're, they're, they're doing their, their, their work, their, their, their work in, in relation to classes. Um, we're not less than, um, so, for instance, this year, uh, in languages, we're doing French, German, Spanish, uh, Japanese and, and Latvian. Um, it, it, we do science. We have the science uh, block in the building, but, but, but we, we, we do science. They can do all subjects. And when you um, say that you have 17 staff, the majority of them volunteers, are these volunteer 17. teachers who give it their time, is it? 17. All the staff would have degrees, right? So we, we would have people from different backgrounds. So we have people from psychology, from youth and community, um, from social work, from social care, from arts. For, and, and we have qualified teachers as well, um, and and so the the it's a good way of working with kids. So so every, all of those disciplines bring their own different ways of working with kids, um, which works really well for all party young people. Well done, this is superb work. So and to there's, this, there's counselling yeah. and there's counselling and therapy within the centre as well. So we have counsellors and therapists who are in the centre, and we have a drugs counsellor in the centre. Oh, it's incredible. So to this, ma'am. With regards to her 13-year-old daughter, and the mam is totally stressed out, looking for advice for her daughter. Um, she hasn't been able to get out of bed, is feeling down, um, hates school. 
He's missed well over 20 days in a row, doesn't want to go back. If we give that 021 number to that ma'am, will you talk and uh, see if... I, I, I will speak to her. Fantastic. Well, that's the job that I was given to do and I've done it. And good luck to you and good luck to her. And hopefully you can make a difference, yeah? Thanks a million, Neil. As Thank always. You, yeah, you better believe it. Thank you, Don. Don O'Leary from Cork Life Centre. Uh, I will pass on uh, the number. Incidentally, he's given it on air. It's a Cork number, 43043391. So uh, we'll do that and hopefully that'll make a difference to that young girl now. And indeed, for perhaps, if, if intervention happens now, you know, for the rest of her life. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Email here uh, with regards to what people earn versus uh, teachers. I'll get to that. But let me just remind you as well. A story in the mirror this morning uh, reminds us that women in Ireland are effectively working for free for the last 52 years of this year due to the current gender pay cap, which, stats, which stands at the moment at 14.4%, which means that when you add up the weighing scales of wages between men and women in Ireland for like-minded work uh, that women earn 14.4% less than men when you do the maths. It means that from now until the end of the year, uh, women are effectively working uh, for uh, free. So that's bad. That's bad. Teachers have it easy in comparison to us retail workers. We have low pay and long hours. We get abuse from customers. We have customers refusing to wear masks. They're up in our faces and they're complaining about situations that are out of, out of our control. I'm sick of hearing the teachers complain about how hard they have it. Yeah, right. They have a group of kids who are wearing masks and sitting at desks easily more than two meters away from each other and the teachers. They need to grow up and stop complaining. Teachers, that is. They're probably the safest and most protected group of workers out there from our frontline workers' perspective. I also forgot to mention... They have around the same group of kids every day in a room with them, while we as retail workers are surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of completely different strangers every day. People are touching everything and anything in sight, which we then have to handle. I'm absolutely fuming listening to them moaning about how hard they have it. That's an email from last week. I think it might be somebody involved perhaps in, in supermarket retail. That sounds to me as if what that um, uh, that example is about. I could well be wrong. I mean, much of the other businesses uh, are closed, apart from some of the larger retail outlets where you'd have big amounts of people in at any one time. Okay, let me just let me just stay with this misfortunate teenager. James, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, thank you for calling. What prompted you call? You wanted to help the mum, is it? Yeah, so basically uh, on one of my friend's Facebook page, she shared a uh, 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 message from Ben and Spitz. So I just sent a message in saying, look, if the mum wants some help, I'm going to do two or three sessions okay. free. It's a, it's a very bad phone line. That makes you uh, some form of uh, clinical psychotherapist? That's a clinical psychotherapist. Okay, did you see the email though? I mean, do you have any opinion on what the, could be going on here? Um, I didn't see the actual email. I just saw what Brenda put up on her Facebook page, so I didn't see the whole email that was sent to Her daughter's in particular need. She's 13 years old. The mother is stressed out looking for advice. Um, uh, her daughter hasn't been able to get out of bed, is feeling down, and has only one good friend in school, but other than that, she hates school. She's missed well over 20 days, so that would be upwards of 25 days at this stage. Doesn't want to yeah. go back. Uh, don't give out their details. Um, I wonder whether it could be an issue regarding puberty. Could it be bullying? Uh, would a helping would seeing a psychologist help, um, or perhaps a counselor? They have no medical card, doctor's appointments. Uh, a paying for a doctor's appointment would even break the bank. Um, yeah. Perhaps talking to teachers. I'm at a loss and I feel so helpless. That's the gist of it. 
Yeah, so like, I mean, there's lots going on there, and without speaking to the child, um, and the moment seeing the background of the situation, but definitely there's something going on there. Like, my own daughter herself actually went through a phase of it for a little while, and it ended up being down to bullying. And I've worked with other children in the same capacity. Some of it is to do with home life, some of it is to do with bullying, some of it is to do with maybe that there's an underlying issue that they're not aware of and they're struggling in school. So there's lots of different issues that could be going on there. And would you think that it makes um, a lot of sense to a 13-year-old to talk to somebody from outside of the family unit that they wouldn't be able to tell their mum or dad, is it? Yeah, well, what you find is that when people come to therapy, that is the underlying issue is that they're afraid to talk to mum or dad because, you know, mum or dad just tell them, get on with it, it's okay, we're here for you. There's no sort of in-depth talk about feelings and emotions, whereas obviously with therapy there is, we go into it in more detail. It's a difficult time, isn't it? Particularly for young people. I mean, you know, we, we criticize them enough because of the things that we see them doing out and about, but they obviously inside are hurting an awful lot of them. This, this is not the way that this is not the way that their teen adolescent life should be, um, should be working. No, absolutely no. And COVID isn't helping it either. Like the, the pandemic isn't helping it either with all the fear of doing the media and stuff like that and people getting sick around them and maybe known people that have been really sick from it. And there's all that fear factor going on as well. So you're comfortable with me giving out your details then and passing them on and they can get in touch with your clinic? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Okay, is that, how, how, do, you, how do you pronounce that? Is it AP Clinics? API Clinics. APIClinics.com. You're yes. very kind, yes. James. Glad you picked up the phone. No matter. See, you, see you. how you get on. Perhaps you can make a difference. Thank you so much. Much obliged. Uh, text 0868104106 on that and lots more besides. Pick up the phone on 1850104106 and we'll drive on. Um, funnily enough, the whole issue of religion, um, particularly going into the mercy, being asked that question. I'm a nurse and while it's absolutely wrong to assume, we need to know the religion in case someone becomes suddenly unwell. Perhaps they could be Jehovah's Witness, for example, and they may need a blood transfusion. Thank you. A lot of medical staff have been coming back, coming back to me on this one. Uh, meanwhile, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to her what religion. Uh, why was it so hard to answer the question? The person asking it has a job to do. Some treatment centers ask your religion and people are unhappy with that too. It's one of the first things you're asked in admission. Uh, it's an option to fill in religion, but it is requested in the event of perhaps needing a priest or a blessing of the sick. Uh, why is it? Why have you somebody on air defending such an obvious ignorance? And why do we even care what one small-minded hospital employee said? There is no defending asking someone their religion. She heard the British accent and got the notion. End of. Uh, religion is relevant to healthcare insofar as certain denominations do not allow certain procedures like blood transfusions or amputations. Uh, morning. Uh, they are excellent in those hospitals. We are all going in there for a reason. What's wrong with answering the questions they ask you? I was in hospital last week. They asked me all the questions under the sun and I was glad to answer them. Believe me, in this troubled time, they're doing a great job in hospitals, says Marie, who's pretty much saying, answer the damn questions. A person's religious preferences are extremely important to how health care is delivered. Certain religions may have certain views towards medical procedures. The most common example is a Jehovah's Witness who may not want to receive blood products. There
There are many more instances, but this would be the most straight-cut example for you. They would also need to know in case a priest, a pastor, or a rabbi needed to be called in an emergency situation. On the fact you asked as to whether you were married or not, uh, it's very important when it comes to GDPR. There is some information that a healthcare professional can give a husband or a wife that we may not be able to give to an unmarried partner uh, from a nurse in Cork. Thank you for all that. And another one, I'm nursing in the UK and listening to you on my day off. There's nothing specific we are taught about multiculturalism. It's more about diversity and equality. Certainly at our hospital, religion is optional to disclose. And I'm surprised that someone felt pressure. Uh, I've never heard of that. As in, you're surprised that somebody felt pressurized. The only religious training we get here is prevent training. But that's around anti-terrorism, exploitation and grooming. We usually find Jehovah's Witnesses are very open about their beliefs and they carry a Jehovah's Witness card. However, they have a right not to disclose their religion. Everybody has a right not to disclose their religion if they choose not to. And that's from Joanne in the UK. So thank you for all of those texts. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Well, you've certainly been through a lot in the recent years. Um, and I guess this phone call is to let people know that they need to be aware of their body and their changes to their body, primarily men or all of us. What are you saying? Um, I would primarily, well, I'd say it would be men, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, of course, your experiences have been um, with issues involving uh, both bowel, lungs uh, and liver. So that could be that could be an issue for male and female. But let's just deal with your own situation anyway. Um, What was it that what was it that came to visit? What was the first scare? Was it bowel cancer? Well, I first got diagnosed there in 2017 there. Yes, first of all, there was the bowel cancer. Um, I never had the symptoms there normally associated with both um, cancer there, especially there if you're bleeding there or if you're discharging it properly. The only thing I had properly associated there was just the pain and the swelling I got. And that would have been when you were about 46, am I right? Correct. So yeah. no no symptoms. So how was it spotted then? Was it a checkup or something? Well, what's called there? I well, I was going to the doctor there actually there for a couple of weeks, every couple of weeks there because I was just I knew there was, I didn't know by such such, but I knew there was something not right yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, because the, 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 this pain I was getting, I was getting it at the top of my stomach, you know. And when you got a diagnosis back from the um, from the checkup that it was stage four bowel cancer, that must have been an awful shock. <sighs> yeah. It was, to be honest, I have to say there, because, um, especially there, when we told us about bowel cancer there, we, uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't even know about bowel cancer. Didn't have one night order about bowel cancer, didn't have a clue, to be honest, until actually I got diagnosed with it. Yeah. That's, so that's, and, and like, t- tell me about, did you have, were you married? Did you have children, or do you have children? Right, um, I'm 47. As I said, there, uh, what's called there, I have four kids uh, to this beautiful lady there that I married her, named Jane. I have one boy and three girls, and I have another son over in the UK who, who is 20. So what did you, how did you react to a diagnosis of stage four bowel cancer? Um, um, how did I react to it? Well, to be quite honest, actually, I, I was just... I was stunned. I was just absolutely floored. I, I just got into the car and 
myself and Jane and and just looked at each other to be honest with you and just Jane just said to me there listen we'll just have to get on with it and deal with it which is what you did and that would have involved uh, surgery maybe chemo radiation yes. radiography yeah, all, all the above yes I've had um, up to date I've had five surgeries I've had one in my uh, bowel and the other four were for my liver to take uh, chunks out of it why was the cancer connected between the bowel and the liver what's called the, well I had first had it there on uh, um, in my bowel there and then I got secondary um, I cancer see. which is when this when oh, it would spread my. there and that's the, oh that's my god you, you know you and, you and Jane and the kids must have been so so worried um, I well to be honest with you, I didn't have time to worry actually there because the doctor I switched doctors when I came back from the UK actually there um, when I had I had to go to a funeral there and that's when I when I was over in the UK then I I, I got a bit sore as well and I had to leave then and I just I just my sister over in the UK Michelle just said to me there listen you'll have to go back home there to Cork and get this sorted like you know to be honest with you, just get it sorted so when I came back I switched doctors and. Uh, I have to give a mention actually to her. Actually, there her name was Katie O'Connell, an absolute angel. Saved my life, to be honest with you, Neil. Saved my life, she did. To be honest. Did you find the chemo tough? I found it very tough, actually. There, I went through sixteen months of it, actually. There, the chemo there. I'm still suffering now, actually. There, with the pins and needles there, and the, the tops of my hands, uh, especially my hands and my feet. Um, it's the pins and needles there. You know, they, they absolutely blasted me with it. You know, uh, they had to, to get to the tumours. You know, so I know. yeah, I'm still suffering now today, actually, with with the with the effects of it. But have you the all clear? or Is it too soon to say? No, uh, I'll never have to clear the stage four there. I'll always be stages. Stages I didn't realize actually about stages there actually there because I thought there once they got it from my bowel and all that there and um, I, they, I go back to stage three being a naive person that I am there like uh, that's what I thought there until the doctor said to me no 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 that, that doesn't happen work that way at all with cancer once you have stage four that's it like you stage four I have it in my lungs now at the moment. Oh, Patrick, so what's going to happen with regards to that in the lungs? Well, I'm just at the moment, no, actually, there, I'm just waiting to go for another CT scan, actually, there, I was just speaking to my doctor, actually, there, a couple, about two weeks ago, there, and we have to go for another scan now again to see how, how am I, actually, there, how, how is the lungs and there, because I know what's going to get me eventually, it's just the fact there that we're fighting it. Managing it, yeah. my best. Yeah. Just to fight it off, you know? Fight it and manage it, whether it's the bowels, whether it's the liver or the lungs or whatever it brings on next. Because you're expecting, you and Jane are expecting another child, I think, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) He laughs. Yes, we have to leave or not. Actually, we're having a COVID lockdown, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to call the child Corona then? (laughs) Oh, there's the goodness there. I've been, actually, the doctors have actually done. Um, it super max. He did nick me there to be honest because <laughs> it's a miracle. In all fairness, it is a small miracle, actually. To be honest, well, that's a fantastic. So hopefully there'll be another couple of miracles, and you live a long and healthy life. Well, well I, I just hope there are actually there. I, I, I made a deal with God for my own. There, my youngest. There, she was. She was uh, six at the time, like, you know, and I just wanted to get her into double digits, like, you know, so we'd have to go back to God now and see if he's uh, <laughs> giving her extension. Being, well, yeah. the, like, as Donald Trump would say, the art of the deal. You'll have to renegotiate <laughs> with God for an extension on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you're very optimistic, though. You're, oh, you're very optimistic and in great form in spite of everything. But um, I, I know that one of your initial reasons was, you know, to talk about your own situation. But also, you know, when you talk about men, you talk of issues like bowel cancer or prostate or, or testicular yeah. t- cancer from the point of view of people not looking for changes and keeping, you know, being aware of their body or going for reg because exactly. you can get yeah. regular bloods done. Your GP can just take bloods, right, for prostate to check on testicular cancer. It's not invasive or anything. It's quite straightforward. Yes, 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 it is, of course. Uh, it's just a, just a basic, just a basic text and everything there. It's like there at the time, as you just mentioned, there with text, text, uh, testicular cancer. Like, we never went in like that, especially my age group there. I'm 49 at the moment, or a big, yeah, 49. We, I never got taught, we never got taught about cancer. Like, I, my mother passed away there 20 years ago about cancer, you know, so I had a, a bit of an idea, like, you know, uh, after that with my friend. But, uh, I, we never knew anything about this about cancer like that you know it was just a complete shock so yeah anybody changes at all there if you're swelling up especially my group there the age group there because when I got told first of all there by my diagnosis there first of all there is for 65 year olds especially the bowel you know I, it, and what they're saying now is that they're, it, it's, 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 the, the ages are getting are getting smaller and smaller i.e. I, younger like, I mean getting, they're coming down the ages there from 65 years there. So, so everyone's right? got to have it. Everyone's got to look after themselves and have a look and make sure they check. Because because the regular know. regular checking, regular checkups, regular bloods um, can make all the difference, you know, in picking things up earlier and sorting them out faster. Exactly, exactly. That's the whole idea. There, cancer there is the is one of the. I suppose there, once you catch it early, yes. you have at least a great chance there of, of beating it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's it there. If you, you know, go, if you prolong it, there's only one direction you're going to go. To I know. When you've been through an awful lot, uh, COVID and everything on top of it, but uh, a baby to look forward to on the way to your beautiful family. I hope you have a oh, great, I hope you have a great Christmas. Yes, well, to be honest with you, there is going to be it's going to be a strange Christmas, like even for everyone. To be honest with you, there we'll just have to just see how we get on there, and just hope there we can have a small bit of a Christmas there. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas. Yeah, knock some fun out of it, Patrick. You sound yeah. like a lovely guy. It's a pleasure talking to you. Listen, thanks for the uh, thanks for the conversation um, and the words of advice, and best of luck to you going forward with everything. You know. Thanks very much, Neil. There, I wouldn't mind there if we just like. To, I'd just like to say a, a thank you there to, to just one or two people there because without these people there, to be honest, Neil, I wouldn't be here today. You well, know? that's good then. Say thank you. Yes, I just like to say a thank you there to Mr. McCourt there who did my surgery there on, the, in, on my bowel there and and my liver surgery there, Adrian O'Sullivan there from the Mercy Hospital. Absolutely brilliant people there to be honest and for the ICU staff absolutely thank you very much there for looking after us there I went in for an operation during the COVID there the lockdown actually there and I had to say Neil there it was it was it was nice it, it wasn't too tough at all you know it was it was lovely there the way they dealt with people like myself and everything like you know and plus then the, just one other thing actually Neil I'd love to say um when I was in the ICU there, um, I found it a great help there, uh, to be honest there, because you can't do much there when you're in there, especially lockdown these days there. Yeah. They had the, the, the tablets, you know, like the, the computer tablets. I do indeed, yeah, yeah. 
and what they do is there they, they, they give it to the patients like or, like myself and I think they're going to play against their team but they've, I think there was only about three or four there so I'm just wondering there and your listeners or any of the companies there if any got anything spare anything there, there they could just donate something there I'm so glad I'm glad, so, I'm so glad you mentioned that because some of those tablets can be quite cheap so let's see if anybody wants to contribute them for the likes to the likes of the Mercy to help people in ICU so let's do that and throw the phone lines open on that one um, and were you in there for a number of weeks during COVID I mean we're still in I COVID was, where, where nobody could in, visit yes sorry Neil I was, I was in there for a week I think that's the longest I've been into the, in the hospital actually there are my five operations I used it lasted about three days I didn't want to go home but it lasted, lasted a week this time and uh I have to say, actually, there, um, I didn't really feel it there because I was, I, I was, after the operation there, I was doped up with the medication. No, there, I know. But there were some people in there like that, especially the older, the older people, like, you know, they need something like that, especially to contact people on the outside, you know? Great idea. Let's yeah. get the shout out out there, so, and let's do that and see if we can rattle some of them. For the mercy, you're saying, yeah? Good man, good man. Patrick, lovely talking to you. Um, Off you go now, make another deal with God. The first one worked, I'm sure the second one will too. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, Neil, I appreciate it. Bye, Patrick. Bye now. What a lovely guy. He's he's just an inspiration, just a really, really lovely, genuine guy. And I wish him the best of luck with his treatment and his recovery and his lockdown baby to himself and to Jane. What a super, super guy. I don't know if anybody wants to pick up on that with regards to tablets for hospital. I'm not talking about medicinal tablets. I'm talking about little ones where you can use the screen to occupy your time, maybe read a book or for kids to play uh, some games or indeed be able to take an old Zoom call or a, a WhatsApp video with family stuck in hospital, particularly across November and more importantly across December. So if you would like to help, text 0868104106, whether you're an individual uh, or indeed a company, perhaps somebody involved in in AV or something like that, that might like to donate a tablet or some tablets that we would then pass on uh, to hospitals that need them because there is a shortage. Text 0868104106 on that. Can I just say, as a by the way, there's a battle rolling on my Instagram page. That's fun. It's just a bit of a laugh as to whether or not I was suggesting uh, last week that because I posted a photograph on my Instagram page of the holly bough, that the holly bough is out. People are starting to put up their Christmas trees. They put up decorations inside in town. Uh, Brown Thomas have a super duper Christmas window. Perhaps you've seen it. That really and truly for the times we're living in, will we not play a couple of Christmas tunes now um, for, you know, the year that we've had? And um, <laughs> there was a lot more people originally saying, are you insane? Are you crazy? But the minute somebody says yes, or one or two say yes, then the floodgates open. And since I mentioned it again this morning, more people are contributing their own opinions as to whether or not we should be playing a Christmas tune or not. Like Martha says this morning, um, Neil, I think you should play the Christmas tunes. Sure, it'll be January before we know it. And then we'll all be sad. Uh, but there is an ever-increasing amount of people now on my Instagram page who are saying, yes, absolutely. Uh, please, we need a few tunes of Christmas songs. Somebody else here. I'd love to hear Christmas songs. Another one. Oh, yes, please. It would lift our spirits. Yes to the Christmas songs. Margot says, no, no, no. Others say, yes, yes, yes. Definitely time for Christmas tunes. Era, give the public what they need. Fairy tale of New York. Another one says, why not cheer us up with a few Christmas tunes, will you? There's nothing else to look forward to. Uh, I would love to hear some Christmas songs. I'm at home listening to you making Christmas bows. So it would really be festive. Anybody making a Christmas cake? Now is the time when you're putting down the Christmas cake, I think, isn't it? 
is it takes that time for maturity and saturation. Okay, so let's say we did play a Christmas. I'm not saying that I will, but let's say I might be um, cajoled or coerced into playing a Christmas song before midday. What song would it be? Text 0868104106. Like, would you all be okay with, um, you know, my favorite Christmas song, for instance, Chris Rhea, Driving Home for Christmas? Although my wife hates it, thinks I must be insane to think that's the best Christmas song ever. Or would it be Fairy Tale in New Yorker? Hopefully not Mariah Carey. But anyway, if it were a Christmas tune, what would it be? Text 0868-8104-106. Do let me know. Do you remember earlier on, Louise said, I wonder, can you help me? My husband and my husband live in the UK. This will be our first year not being home for Christmas in 10 years. It will only be myself and my husband, as both our families are in Cork. My husband's dad and sister aren't well, which makes it very hard. We haven't been back home since Christmas last year, and I'm sure there are plenty of other people in the same boat, which is very sad. Well, thank you for acknowledging that, Louise. She says, my husband has family traditions that unfortunately I cannot get in the UK and I would like to be able to get them for him as a Christmas surprise. Would you know any companies that would post over meat, spiced beef? I don't know if we got a time there, maybe to call Tom Durkins at the English market. Um, I'm told by texts from other people that Durkins do post spiced beef overseas. So I think that would be easily doable. Anyway, the spiced beef. And some potato pies. I've tried to make them, but they're not the same. Also, Jacob's chocolate mallows. They only come out at Christmas. They're in a blue box. And also Tato's. If you know anyone that can help, please, I'd really appreciate it. I'm trying to make a special as possible for my husband and to surprise him for Christmas. So that was uh, Louise with regards to different things she needs delivered to the UK. So what I want to hone in on at this day, remember I said earlier on, yeah, but what potato pies? Whose potato pies? Would it be Jackie Lennox's? Perhaps it might be a potato pie from KC's. Perhaps it might be from the Golden Fry or from the most excellent chipper, uh, on the north side, and one of the best around, uh, Murphy's Takeaway in Blackpool, perhaps. So it was fun because potato pies are—they vary. You know, there are no two potato pies are the same. Uh, Trevor St. Ledger um, wanted to pick up on the story from Murphy's Takeaway in Blackpool. Trevor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. You've got a word of warning, though, do you? <laughs> yes, uh, I wouldn't recommend posting potato pies. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, a, in a little Tupperware box, all taped up. No, it would. It depends on how fast the, the, the post would be. You know, if it took three days, the, the pie would be ruined. Why? Because it, it's a it's a product. Like it, it needs to be kept refrigerated. It, it starts to deteriorate as it as it goes on. You know, as it gets older. And you can have bacteria growing in all sorts. Of oh, that, for God's know? sake! I forgot about that. You could poison them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that wouldn't be good. <laughs> but if I lived overseas now, for instance, right, I'd probably be willing to risk food poisoning for something that I missed from home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that would be up to the, the individual. What we what we have a lot of, Neil, is people would take them themselves. They'd, they'd call and collect and they'd take them on the flight. That way, you know, there's only a few hours out of a fridge. Yeah, but even that won't work this time round, you see, for the times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. What if you put the couple of potato pies in with those, you know, those blocks of ice that you can get? <laughs> how, long, how long will the ice last? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come here, you have an answer for everything I'm suggesting. <laughs> Pies is my life. I know anything. No, 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 no. Come here. Sloppy Foley's are your life. 
Oh well, and that as well, and that. But this is we we have kind of it's like a couple of companies within the company. <laughs> you, you do know? do so, what you do catering and retail and stuff. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do lots of retail. We've been we've been doing retail since two thousand and nine, and we're we're just in the middle now. We're we're two weeks out from moving into a, a purpose built factory. Oh my god! Are you, are you serious? Is that mm-hmm. there's that kind of demand? Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 We like we're, we're, we 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 kind of everywhere on kind of Corkers, you know, y'all, Mallow, uh, Formoy, you know, we 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 be in a lot of areas. Okay, did I meet you when I had a bag of chips there on a recent cycle? That was Paul's. That's that? my cousin. <laughs> He's a you, hard man, Paul. You've got this kind of like hatch through the window, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hatch society. That's that's what we're becoming now. A hatch society. So I'm chatting in and out through the hatch to him, <laughs> eating my bag of chips with the bike on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a jack in the box. <laughs> yeah. What's the secret then? Because potato pies vary on Lee side, right? They do, they do indeed. They do, they do. Uh, I think most chippers pride themselves on their homemade products. That's that's fairly unique to Cork, you know. Lots of other chippers, they kind of they buy in products, but in Cork, all the chippers pride themselves on their homemade products. You so know? I know that the main ingredient is potato, but some would, many would add butter, and more would have chopped onion through it, and things, and some would put cheese through them and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be a cheese and onion pie then, you know. But <laughs> the actual tradition, the traditional potato pie would be made with thyme. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Is that it the would, secret weapon? Yeah, oh yeah, that, that's that's for the potato pie, you know. Um, but then you have a cheese pie, and you could have a meat patty, you know. Um, the, the golden grail of the, the potato pies was Miss Hayden. Do you remember Miss Hayden's? Why do I know that name, Hayden's Chipper? Where was that? Yeah, that was down the end of Blarney Street. Miss, Hay- whereabouts? Just on the junction there with the, right the yeah, right down the bottom. And why was that? Why was that the Holy Grail? Oh, they were they were the greatest. I remember my father bringing me in there as a boy. Just you know, we we kind of we were just before we took over Muffy's. So you're going back nearly forty odd years ago, you know. And did she take the secret to the grave or what? She did. She did. There's a few. There's few people claim to have the recipe, but I don't believe anybody ever, 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 even even ourselves, we never duplicated it. You know. But what what could it be? Would it be as simple as the potato used, or was there an added ingredient that she had? Oh, I, I couldn't say. I could if I knew that I would be making them. <laughs> anyway, Lu- Louise has tried. Why can't mm-hmm. she do it? Like, I mean, well, what's the bottom? Uh, what, the bottom line to this is that you deep fry them, don't you? Oh yeah, they, 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 no, we you you can cook them in the oven or not in the microwave in the oven. Or do you know what they're fabulous on uh, Neil on a George Foreman? You know, if you Messy, put them on a George I'd Foreman, say. A, a little bit of butter and flatten it down, and away you go. It's more of a pate then, or patty yeah, then, isn't it? Yeah, but it's nice and it, it, it kind of drains a lot of the grease out, making it somewhat healthier, you know? So you're not going to tell me this morning how to make the perfect Murphy's takeaway potato pie, are you? <laughs> I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I want a potato pie. I want a potato pie yeah. supper now. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, we can, we can organise that. Not to go away, no would you leave me alone? I'd be shot. So, no hope then for somebody in the UK that wants a cork potato pie. Um, well, oh yeah, well, like, uh, I imagine it could be if there was some if there was some refrigeration company out there that is going back and forth. I'd certainly give them all the pies they want to to bring over. To so, the, if to there that was lady. a refrigerator, if I find out where in the UK Louise is, and there's yeah. somebody with an Arctic refrigerated 
They wouldn't get into trouble with customs now or anything bringing a food. No, 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 you would not, no. I remember, no. I remember years ago, I'll tell you how stupid I am, right? I remember years and years ago, I had a, I had a friend and she was, um, she was an air hostess. You don't say that anymore. <laughs> on Aer Lingus, um, JFK Shannon, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I had met her and, and her and her partner over there, and we went to this fabulous chip. Uh, sorry, fabulous Chinese down in Chinatown. It was incredible. And months, months later, she was coming back from the states on an overnight flight, and she brought me a takeaway Chinese back from New York, right, and right. De- and delivered it to the radio station. Uh, and it came in, you know, all of the packaging and the takeout bag, you know, that you would have, and it arrived into the radio station nine o'clock on say a Monday morning and I couldn't understand that it was still warm I was thinking isn't that an inc-? I was thinking to myself mm-hmm. isn't that an incredible thing that the world has got so small that she would get a Chinese in New York bring it back to me in Ireland and it's still warm I mean I was such a moron she kept it she kept it warm in the ovens on the plane oh right, right. <laughs> I was such an idiot I thought it had <laughs> stayed warm all the way but that travelled no problem didn't poison me? No, no, it, it would be because like it's only two hours at nine hours, and it was kept warm, so you you wouldn't have had any problems there. Happy days, happy days happy as a kid. Days. Happy days as a kid, actually, on a Friday night in Blackpool, and we'd get a uh, you know maybe a fish supper or a chicken supper from Murphy's way way before your time. I'd say way before your time, oh. wrapped wrapped in newspaper. I I can go back maybe. I can go back to the pick and chicken in the Grand Parade. Um, just pictures of me as a baby in behind the counter. Of the, the pick and chicken, chicken now, lads, yeah. is hillbillies, right? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. What about Lozy yeah. Pinos on Washington Street? Do you remember that? I don't. I don't remember okay. that. No, that no. was a sit-down Italian that also had a takeout. Most fantastic. Oh, that was, was that Marco Petrassi? Was it? You could, was well, be right. you could well, think, well be right. You could well be right. You could well be right. Yeah. 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 Fabulous yeah. chips, though. Don't even get yeah. me started on the chips. Oh, <laughs> hold on there a second, if you wish. I hope I'm not keeping okay. you from the fryer. No, Keith, no, no, go- no. Keith, good morning. Morning. What's the story? You send stuff to the UK, do you? Yeah, I send it all from Dawkins in the market. Um, I send spiced beef, steaks, lamb cutlets, bodice, and they post it for me. And where, where's it going to? Who do you send it to? I send it to my, uh, my mum's sister. She's your, 86. Your mum's sister? in London. Yeah. And, like, and what, was she bo- so she was born in Cork, I suppose, was she? Your man's yes, sister? Yeah. Yes, but she's, she's in England years and years. But she's on her own, so basically I send over a box, I post it on, the lads post it on a Monday for me, and she has it on a Wednesday. All refrigerated, when it comes to her door, it's in, I'm going to say it's in, Murphy's give actually the food away, the white boxes, the the chipper boxes, when you have a party, they deliver them, and cause I know Murphy's as well, I'd be a regular there. Fair play. But well, thank you. it's all delivered and it's all refrigerated. And literally, she gets it, and it's all vacuum packed. Yeah, but you see, what, what he's saying is that if you were to send it over, um, it could take a number of days, and I suppose with the potato and everything, it could start to go off a bit, you know? Well, the lads posted for me, I, like they take my order on a Monday, so he get, prepares it on a Monday. So we could Monday put the potato pies into, in with the spiced beef, is it? The last delivery I got done, um, the chap, and so I can't think of the chap behind the counter inside there, he looked after me and he let me put something in Blanc de Noonan's in the market. Uh-huh. I got some skirts and kidneys and a hock of ham and um, some tails and he put them all into one box for me and sent it over. I think, it come, I think it's about 20 to 25 euros of postage. But literally it goes Monday afternoon and it's with 
Gerpy at before 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, but that was, everything's changed with COVID now, you know, can you be still... Oh, it only went three weeks, four weeks. Oh, well, all is good. And do you know if they used any ice blocks or refrigeration packs or anything? There's something in it. I I don't actually know what's in it, but there's two inflatable kind of ice things inside. You try to explain them to me. Okay, okay. So, Trevor, if we can get your potato pies into the Tom Durkin box. Will that work? Please. No problem. If, if if it can all be done safely, no problem at all on my end. Fantastic. I, I'll give you all the pies you want. Fantastic. I'll be back to you. And good luck with the catering arm of the business opening a new lo- location. Well done on that. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, if you, if you get a chance, you have to come up and have a look. Neil, it's really, it's, it's spectacular. When you're up and ready, job, let yeah. me know and I certainly will yeah. visit. All right. Cheers, Trevor. I'll brilliant be in touch. Job. Be in touch yeah. for some. Thanks Take very care. much. Murphy's Thanks. Takeaway in Blackpool will provide the potato pies and we now know that Tom Durkin does deliver because Trevor sorry so Keith sends it to his 86 year old auntie aren't I right Keith? You're right you're right. Fair play thanks for the tip appreciate no it pal. Problem. Take care. Thanks, Cheers Bye-bye. Keith thank you Trevor just just quickly on this let me just talk to Patricia good morning Good morning Liam how are uh, you? So I was asking about Christmas songs um, because all of the different things that are happening that are Christmassy already I was wondering this is the month for the Christmas cake yeah? Yes Oh, yes. I have one done since Saturday and one in the oven at the moment. Um, when you say you have it in the oven, did you, did you not have to let the mix sit and mature for a while? No, I soaked the fruit in alcohol overnight. Oh, no, it's the cooked cake. The baked cake has to sit, yes. doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's, you could let the pudding before cooking the pudding um, for a couple of days um, before cooking it, but not the cake. So what would happen if you ate the cake now? Well, if anyone ate this cake now, they'd be murder. Yeah, but would <laughs> it be? But would it be nice? Oh, it would be gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But it does get better with age. That's the thing. That's what I hear. And um, what will you will you decorate it? I mean, will there be marzipan? What will you do with it? Oh, proper almond paste, not marzipan. Just uh, everything is done from scratch. Almond paste and then Almond paste icing. Icing. Yeah. See if you yeah. gave me if you gave me a slice of that now, I would take off the almond paste and I would pull off the ice the icing. I would just want to what I've done for years. I used at home I used to always get the almond paste and icing from everybody because I wouldn't eat the fruitcake. It's only in recent oh years I started eating it. Oh my god, you'd only <laughs> eat the almond paste and the ice uh, paste yes. the ice. Oh god. <laughs> I pull all yeah. that off. Like all, all I want is um, all I want is an uh, an Oxford lunch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a you know, good old fashioned corn cake. You're you're you don't know what you're missing out on. It's lovely to have the sweet icing and the almond paste with the fruit cake. And why do you need two? Why have you got a second one in the oven? I give my neighbours um, a pudding and cake every year. Okay, good stuff. Do you think that I should play a Christmas song before midday today? No, <laughs> it's too early. Oh, so it's okay for you to be bake to be baking your second Christmas cake, but for poor people listening to me, you want a Christmas song not on. Not in December. All right, girl. Let's see what happens. Thanks for that. Back after the break. 
The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Ask him, ask him, how does he get the batter right at Murphy's on the potato pie? I've tried and tried, but I can't get the batter right. I tried. I tried to ask him. You can't fault me for effort and bravery, but he wouldn't tell me. They're not going to give away secrets like that. Morning, Neil. Love listening to you here in Portumna, County Galway. Hi, Teresa. I was up your neck of the woods, actually, during the summer. Uh, I got one of the uh, boats that you take on the Shannon for a cruise and I was in Portumna and lots of other beautiful places like it. So good morning to you all. What a beautiful trip the Shannon was. One of the most amazing places ever was, was Clonmacnoise. We did an overnight there at Clonmacnoise. It was so peaceful, so historic, such a beautiful, beautiful abbey. And to wake up there next morning with Clonmacnoise right outside, literally off the bow of the boat, was just an incredible experience. We were also very lucky because we got fantastic weather as well. So good morning to Teresa in Portumna, County Galway. Aha, yes. Ah, yes. The, um, just following uh, people on my Instagram page this morning with regards to yay or nay to a Christmas song and the yays are winning. Now, every now and then I do see the odd no. There's one or two no's as well. Um, but by and large, it seems to be the yeses have it. Sounds like... Um, Sounds like the American presidential election. Get the Christmas socks songs on. Christmas socks, hear me? Get the Christmas songs on, Neil. Just please not driving home for Christmas just lit yet, as it's my favourite, and I tried to keep that one. I tried to keep that one for the real start of Christmas. So anything but uh, driving home for Christmas, because it's too soon too, too soon to spoil a great song. What what I can tell you is the one that seems to be winning out that seems to be winning out at the moment is Fairy Tale of New York. Fairy Tale of New York. But will I play them? Like, would you like to hear, for instance, maybe this? Would you like to hear maybe this? Would you like to hear maybe this? Would you like to hear maybe this? It's out of the box now. I can't put it back in. It's officially Christmas. <laughs> what did they say? F the begrudgers. What was the Tom Petty album years ago? Damn the torpedoes, was it? <laughs> back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Somebody's tweeting this morning. He's only gone and done it. He's only gone and done it. Uh, Neil, I just turned the radio off. I know you didn't. I know you're saying you did, but I know secretly that even the no's are smiling. <laughs> Thanks for the lovely memories of my dad's favourite song. I miss him so much. Even my sister, Barbara, who's down in Sydney, Australia, is loving it and delighted with it. And for those overseas, I suppose, it's an extra special bonus for them because they can't get home this year. Brilliant. Thanks, Neil. That's just what we needed to hear on this dreary November day, says Phil and Cargilline. When you think 2020 can't, can't get any worse, Neil goes and plays fairy, fairy tale in New York. I'm off to bang my head off a wall. Don't go doing that. Mind the wall. Plasterers are expensive. Uh, well done, Neil. We all need something to look forward to at the moment. Playing classics like that reminds us that life goes on uh, as normal. And kids have sent you to look forward to like every other generation of children in the past. Roll on Christmas and an end to 2020. Uh, thank you, thank you. Dancing around the kitchen. Sure, Christmas is only six weeks away. Love it. Well, you may love it, but I won't be making a habit of it anytime soon. Let me go down to beautiful y'all before I leave you for this 
this Monday. Sylvia, good morning. Morning, me. How so are you? It's, it's official now. So, well, it's not really. It's just one rogue it's not, Christmas song. It is song. official in this house now. Once you hear that song and see the Guinness Sad, which I won't see because I don't have TV anymore. So I've heard the song. <laughs> we have one Christmas decoration up, but we'll, um, we're waiting on the Christmas tree. And then. You wouldn't even really be able to buy a Christmas tree yet, I'd say. You can't. It was out of stock. It's in stock now. I'm getting it this week. It's back. A real one or a Machia one? No, the mock one. I wouldn't get the real one. I was a bit of work in that and minding it. It's, there'll be a lot of decorations. There's in the house no work in a, Christmas, a real Christmas tree. Uh, the pine ones, I've seen them, the real ones. Give them the odd drop of water down in the end and away you go. We'll see. We'll think about it. Maybe next year, Neil. I have this one in my basket now and it's coming and it's lovely and it's set to go. And when are you going to put it up? The minute it comes. And is it due today, tomorrow? No, it'll probably here, be here by Friday. So it'll go up? Oh, well, I usually know I'm a person for December, but this year now it was like Halloween. I only took them down last Tuesday or Wednesday as well. The place was covered. It, there's an argument to be made that we should get stuck in earlier, isn't there? Well, look, each to their own. I'm usually December, as I say, but just this year now with the kids, um, just something, just kind of like... Happiness, something joyful away from the misery when you're outside. At least you can come home and <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> well, listen, good luck, whatever you decide to do. It's personal to you. If you want to get yeah, stuck everyone, into it. Yeah, All right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I see pictures of people, their homes are beautiful with Christmas trees and everything already with about a week or two. And look, if they want to do it and it's keeping them happy throughout this, why not? All right, well, listen, good luck with it. I won't be making a habit of too many Christmas songs. Just, <laughs> you're her, good luck. Good luck. Wait, you be playing one every day, you should. <laughs> I want you. All right, girl, take care. Um, no, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, should we be playing a Christmas song every day? I, I, I don't know. I mean, my Instagram is exploding as it is. So if you want to you wanna get involved in the discussion, go for it. Don't forget, today is the first day of two weeks of walking your way out of lockdown. We have 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away every single day. I have a thousand euro worth of Tesco gift cards. Bear in mind as well that Tesco reopened the Douglas Village Shopping Centre this coming Thursday. Huge excitement down in our village over that. So what I want you to do is, perhaps you are walking, perhaps you're not, but you might like to walk. You've got a mobile phone, haven't you? You've got a smartphone. Upon that smartphone will be the technology. to It's automatically recording your steps. It even tells you, um, you know, how long you slept. I mean, the tech is amazing now, the different things it can do. So, I want you to send a screen grab, and people are already sending their screen grabs of your total walking distance each day, all right? So, let's say you get out on a regular day, and you go for an all walk, and you walk 5K or 3K. Some walk 10,000 steps. Some people have different ways of recording their, their efforts. Send me a screen grab of it, and the best way to get it to me is by WhatsApp, 0868104106 on WhatsApp. Okay, so you're walking today. I'll start the giveaways then tomorrow. 100 euro gift cards every day right across this week and indeed next week as you walk your way out of lockdown with Tesco reopening Douglas Village Shopping Centre this coming Thursday. Okay, so screen grabs please with your name and a contact number WhatsApp 0868 104 106 and we'll pick it up from there. 
Keep the Christmas songs coming, but a smile on my face, which can't be a bad thing. Oh, no, Neil. Bad decision on the Christmas song. Bad decision. Loved it. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. I'm I'm made up for Christmas. This has cheered me up no end. Loved also that you chose Fairy Tale in New York, says Marguerite. I have just been out in the hall with the missus, measuring a place for the tree in the attic. We're getting stuck in, says Jerry. Surely the same place you put it every year is the place where you'd put it, don't you think? Uh, and also, um, okay, I'm, I'm out of time. I know I had wanted to come back to, you know, today is the, um, you know, first day for the rest of the year, from now until the end of the year, which is 52 working days. The women in Ireland are effectively working for free because of the gender pay gap. I didn't get to come back to that, but I do see quite an amount of text coming in on it. And just a selection of one or two texts from people with regards to this gender pay gap that we got to 0868104106. The gender pay gap discussion is a bit more nuanced than just stating women are paid less which is what you're doing, Neil. Women have children, meaning they leave the labor market for a number of years. Also, women work in industries that pay less. Women are less likely to ask for pay increases in comparison to men. The pay gap does oversimplify comparisons of what men and women earn for the reasons you have given, you're saying, that they take time off to come out of the labor market to have children, that they work in industries that pay less, that they're less likely... But they say the women are less likely to ask for a pay increase than men. I'm quite interested in that. Anyway, that's just one. But keep those texts coming because I would like to discuss it more throughout the course of the week. The gender pay gap, pay gap and the reasons for it. Keep those lines open. one 850 Text 0868-104-106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.